Farmer, teacher, politician, lawyer, and clairvoyant, this legendary Georgian was the go-to source for finding lost items, and in some cases, lost bodies. Her role as a champion for women and a source of knowledge and advice for her neighbors were outshone only by her incredible skills as a seer. Her remarkable life has been the subject of books and movies, and with all her powers, she'll let people know if they're doing her story justice. This week's episode is Mahaley Lancaster, The Oracle of the Ages. Fills with dread, probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood. The day is finally here where the world beyond Atlanta can learn the story of Mahalia Lancaster. I mean, I'm sure some people have because it's part of a movie, but our our listeners who are not familiar, I'm so excited for you to meet her. She's a character. She's um, a hero and uh, one of our mentors in life now that we're modeling <laughs> our own lives after. For real. I mean, a lawyer who... I mean, she was playing both sides, though, because people will go, okay, I killed someone and I hid the body here. What should I do? And then she'll just would call the police yeah. and go, there's a murder on the list you should know about. But and she would tell them, you justice. shouldn't run. Yeah. She would go, you're going to get caught to the murder. She'd just say, you know what? You're she didn't say caught. how. No. She, but she, <laughs> so, I mean, she was honest. She may have lied by omission a few times. She played, oh, she played both sides of everything. Being a lawyer and a politician and also would give people numbers to play the lottery you know what I mean? So she was just in it. She was a businesswoman. She was out there trying to work and she had this gift and she knew that she was in a more religious conservative area of Georgia. So a lot of she would be like, God gave me this gift. So like, a.k.a. I'm not a witch. Don't Please don't try to me burn at me. The stake or see yeah. if I can float. Yeah. If you want to see uh, her in action, you can't now because she's dead. But you can see June Carter Cash play her in yes. the movie where Johnny Cash is the sheriff, and they've taken some liberties with how the legal system works in the movie. For one, the sheriff sits at the defendant's table, just uh, hanging out for the whole yeah, courtroom or scene. at the prosecution table. Oh, yeah. You're like, you're like, you don't, you're, you're not, not a lawyer. You you Why are you just sitting there and saying but, nothing? Well, it's Johnny Cash, so he doesn't sit no, in the back No, he's, he's in every scene. Oh, he's front and center. Yeah, it's June Carter Cash crushes the role, and... You can watch it. I think we uh, it's on Amazon Prime and then maybe on like Encore or something that you I mean, you have to have like a subscription for it. But it's this very cool made for TV movie about this Oracle who is was uh, iconic, truly and cursing people. You love a good cursor who she only people that deserved it, though. So she truly like a, the Robin Hood of Sears. <laughs> that's right. She she, uh, she was wonderful. The- so was the whole show in atlanta what a beautiful venue and let me tell you we've never felt fancier than when we rolled up into that green room at that theater and we were like is this where the show is because it was so nice there were chandeliers it looked like we should all be having dinner with the rat pack or something it was just like beautiful hardwood velvet everything was lush there was a full like uh bar in there also 
Katie Couric had also done a meet and greet in there. So now we're on the same the circuit as Couric. <laughs> the Couric circuit. The, sir, the Kirk, the Kirk sick. Nope, can't do it. Uh, but we did ask. We're like, this place is swanky. And he's like, Katie Couric was in here. We're like, okay, mm-hmm. Katie Couric. I loved the uh, theater. The, the audience was fantastic. We met a lot of Patreons, patrons that we talk to all the time on our live streams and stuff. We got to meet them up close and personal, which was a, a treat. And the, the uh, grievances were fantastic. Super fun time. Yeah, we had a great time. Thank you to the Rich Theater at the Woodruff Arts Center uh, for making us feel too legit. It was, uh, you know, velvet curtain, kind of a great evening and the perfect welcome for Mahaley because we fell in love with her as we studied her. And she's I think she's pretty, you know, there's this book about her and this movie about her. And we asked some people in the audience that even lived in Atlanta or, you know, drove in from nearby and they had not heard of her. So it was cool to dig into this. There is a we will discuss the person who did a lot of research on her life and wrote this book and kind of dedicated her life to then telling this story. And she had had this run in with her as a kid. Mahaley also has a false eye, loved to take it out, shine it on her sleeve while she was talking to people. Well, don't get too excited because that was a very important detail they happened to leave out with June Carter Cash. We were very disappointed that they had not tried to do something to indicate that she had a false eye. And she also, I think they did not adequately depict her very badass way of dressing in the movie because in real life she would wear feather boas mm-hmm. and skirts and also military hats she was eccentric oh yeah and, and would walk around pack of dogs had a big old pack of dogs with her dogs so go just to church person, yeah living her life she's like i sit in the front row with 26 dogs and you're like yeah, you can okay, tell yeah, somebody you no that rolls into church with twenty six dogs. You let them sit. You let them lead the whole congregation if they want. Yeah. They're on the pulpit. They're leading the pack and your pack mm-hmm. now. Everybody's in the, the pack. pack. Of the Lord We're leading it, pack and pack, and uh, just the uh, stories we hear of her being a woman. It's difficult to be a female lawyer now, much less in eight nineteen twenties. Mm-hmm. So. Going ahead and saying, I'm going to go to law school, pass the bar, and was a defense attorney for a while. And just, I'm going to, now I'm going to run for, uh, I'm going to be in Congress. And you're like, all right. Back then, it was not done. But she did it. Trailblazer, for sure. Trailblazer, indeed. Yeah. But this is a, this was a fun one. So we hope everybody enjoys it. It was a, a whirlwind. We were only in Atlanta for maybe 24 hours. If that, we... Drove up from Raleigh, Nashville. Nashville. We drove up from Nashville, got our hair done, and immediately went to the venue. And then we flew home the next morning. So we didn't get to do a lot in the the city, but everyone we met was so gracious and nice, and just a wonderful uh, venue and and crowd, and just a really fun way to end that leg of the tour. I forgot now that you said hair done, you will all also hear a story about our very eccentric hairstylist that we met along the way. So that'll be a quite yeah. a hoot to relive. The, uh, I can't wait to relive. The dry to bar it. in or no, it wasn't a dry bar. It was a blow. I think maybe? it was a blow. The blow in Atlanta, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot <laughs> was, going on there. Yeah, that was a good With time. The so employees. And, we were the only people there. But the employees yeah, no, it wasn't. have a lot going on that they love <laughs> to talk about real loud. 
So yeah, you'll uh, you will get to hear that and the story of Mahaley and all the grievances. My grievance then sparked one of our patron friends, Tyler's grievance about behavior at live events and whether it's assholeish to yell or you know hoot and holler and have a good time at a live event. So that was one that I uh, I had thought of because I think is that the night that I maybe asked for a suggestion. I can't remember, but uh, when I told that story, it sparked another story. So we always like that, and we had a couple of. Um, grievances where people were shouting, hollering in the audience. So we had, and we had also asked for the audience participation in this as well. So a overall good, helpful crowd when we were asking how to pronounce city names, which you can, you know, you can look it up on the internet, and we did. But then, you know, when you get to a place, there's uh, there's always a local flavor. So it was good to have the locals in the in the crowd to help us out. Well, thank you to everybody that came out, and thank you to all you that are going to listen now and uh, enjoy this wonderful woman that we were all blessed to have discovered. And now we share her with you, Mahaley Lancaster. The Oracle of the Ages. Hello. You know what? Somebody told me once, just a few hours ago, this was an extremely simple mic, on and off. He was 100% right. I just turned it off. There we go. Yeah. Oh, look at that. We will both admit, nine times out of ten, probably a hundred times out of a hundred, it's like, this is broken, and it's something I've done. Uh, Paris is like, oh, it's broken. Sure, hand it to me. Turn on. (laughs) Every time. How's everyone feeling tonight? You all are amazing. We have had a whirlwind. We got in uh, from Tennessee at 3.30, and yeah. now we are here. 3.30 p.m. Yes. And now we are here. So we haven't had much of a chance to see your beautiful city, but what we have seen, gorgeous buildings. Love it. Yes. We've seen and a lot of buildings. You can see the buildings real good because your car doesn't move when you're driving. Yeah. You just sit still and you go, Christy was had dozed off, rightfully so, because we had a, you know, we're rough and tumble day. And she woke up and goes, is this Atlanta? I was like, yeah, we're doing a tour that you didn't ask for, and neither did I. <laughs> uh, we're going to just look at every building. Uh, but it's been so good, and we actually got the magic of driving through time zones, which was real weird. That because... was weird. And we went... Into Tennessee, into Georgia, into Tennessee, into Georgia, and we did not understand, and we were too tired to figure it out. So we just... Google said, keep going. We're going to keep going. <laughs> and the times were just changing. I was like, it's nothing's, everything's meaningless. We were like, what if you live on this side of the road yeah. at the time and your friends I was like, like, what if you live on one side time zone and you work on the other and what a mind fuck that would be of like, why do I set my alarm for every day? And Heather's like, you can't. You have to pick one. You, you quit your job. You can't do both. <laughs> Start over far it's away from much. the lines. Yeah. It's too much. Just leave. Absolutely. Are we, leave. We're in Eastern now, right? We are. We're okay. in Eastern. Tomorrow. Okay. Cool. Yes. Everything's yeah, uh, now or later or wh- for y'all regular. So it's great. The main thing we've learned on tour is that time is meaningless mm-hmm. and we should all just live with one. What is it? Greenwich? Just one. We're going GMT only. <laughs> GMT only. Simplify everything. <laughs> Although then somebody tried to send us um, to schedule a meeting and it wasn't Greenwich time. And I had to write back, can you send this in Central? Because I don't understand <laughs> what 
time this meeting is supposed to be. Please don't make me do math. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah. but we've had a, a great time. We have to fly back out tomorrow, so we won't get to spend a ton of time. But we did just have delicious food. Brown from- bag seafood. That was very good. It was like, Christy goes, if I worked down here, I would have this for lunch. I was like, yeah, that's a really good compliment where you're like, it's not going to make me sick. It's delicious. It's fine. It's good. Yeah, it's great. Uh, wanting seafood. It did not disappoint. You got to have the pre-show tots. So yeah, we got some pre-show tots always. Yeah. But, uh, we have a very fun topic that we hard relate to, especially (laughs) being in this beautiful theater because Mahalia was a badass bitch, and <laughs> she didn't take a lot of shit from people. Anybody. Just like us. <laughs> we, and what we did see of Georgia was via a made-for-TV movie starring Andy Griffith and Johnny Cash, we'll tell you about. And it was... And June Carter Cash. Oh, and it yes. is just as wheels off as you might think by that description. <laughs> and a- We'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> Andy Griffith is a hoot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get into it. <laughs> According to the Atlanta Constitution, never was there a more famous seer than Mahaley Lancaster. That is how y'all talk, and I hope that you know that. I'm going based off of the made-for-TV film, <laughs> Murder in Coweta County. <laughs> oh, and yes, we need to ask, because we've had three different pronunciations how Coweta? Coweta? Coweta okay. or Coweta? Coweta. Okay, okay, okay. In Texas, I would say Coweta, but then a woman on the We're not said, in Texas. Coweta, and I said, I don't think so. And then, yeah, Google was like, Coweta? And I was like, you're not from Georgia, Google. You're not, it's at all. all not even a real uh, person. They're mm-hmm. not from anything. It's got a mouth and a voice, though. <laughs> so it's, uh, I've already forgotten. Coweta. 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 Okay, okay. Are you, uh, holler if you're from there. Okay. Do you call yourselves Cowedans? No. No. <laughs> Good, because I thought that would be silly, so I'm glad that you don't. <laughs> Amanda Mahaley Lancaster was born in Heard County, Georgia on October 18, 1875, to Harriet and John Lancaster. Of her ten brothers and sisters, Mahaley was the third eldest. According to the biography Oracle of the Ages by Dot Moore, Mahaley was born with a call, a piece of the amniotic sac membrane that covers a child's face. Children born with this are called call bearers. The the occasion is seen as a good omen and sometimes the mark of oracles and royalty, according to California psychics. And you said we have a friend whose baby was born with a call. We do. I have a good friend whose most recent baby was born in call and... She said it's a, a sign, and I mean, so far he's like 15 months and has yet to predict anyone's future. But there's there's still time ahead. But yeah, that's um. Also, when my friend um, had her baby, the midwife said, "You know, you can keep the the sack because they had to take it off of them. You gotta have something to put your Christmas and she goes, in. what'd you say? You gotta have something to put your Christmas presents in. Yeah, yeah." And she said, um, back in the day, they used to take them and they would dry them out and use them as, as sacks. And my friend was like, yes. And her husband said, no, we no. are not. I was like, no. what? You have to keep that. It's, I mean, might as well. 100% would have. Round of applause, would you have kept that? Okay. Less than I thought. 
<laughs> because I feel like everyone here is into the creepy stuff, and that's kind of creepy, so I thought it would be a roaring round of applause, but that's okay. I would keep it. You, I would, say, you would keep it. Oh, you love I kept a lot stuff. of scabs. You I kept, kept you collected cat scabs and band-aids when you were a and kid. Teeth and gum, chewed gum. Yeah, I feel I like a, well see then you have a little pouch to keep all those things going. Damn forward. it. A creepy pouch for your creepy collection. I mean, let's be real though, if I was born that way, Nancy McKinney would have kept that. Oh yeah. <laughs> As she should, yes. Mahaley was special from a young age. According to her biographer, Dot Moore, Mahaley began telling fortunes for others at the young age of six. In a witness's account in the book Oracle of the Ages, Mahaley told a neighbor girl that she got her power from lying in an abandoned house and letting snakes crawl all over her. She then read Bible verses to the snakes. When she was done, she tore out the pages, crammed them in her mouth, and chewed on them, telling the child, The Bible says you will eat the words of my mouth and you will be blessed. He was talking about prophecy, and that's what I do. That's my business, and I learned to do it right here. Mahaley is always sounding like she's 150 years old. Yes. She was 150 years old at this time. She was... Every picture of her, she... She was a weathered woman. She was a thin... She didn't give a F about nothing. No. And war, whatever, we'll get to that. But she, at this this story... First of all, shout out to Dot Moore. May she rest in peace. She dedicated like 40 years of her life to studying Mahaley's life. Because she encountered Mahaley when she was... When Dot was five. And this woman who dressed in an odd fashion and everyone's like she's the town psychic and of course as a five-year-old you're like what (laughs) and so she got became obsessed with her as an adult and basically as her whole biographer and went back and did interviews first-hand interviews and this now adult woman was like yeah when I was a child everybody was at Mahaley's house and she was like I hate people don't you (laughs) and the little girl was like yeah and Mahaley's like let me show you something cool and took her to this weird shack in the woods where she showed her this house and said, I used to come here when I was your age and I let snakes crawl over me. And then she later said, uh, the devil came and talked to me here once and I'll tell you about it someday. And then when the woman grew up, she went back to Mahaley and said, you told me that you were going to tell me what the devil said. And Mahaley went, I never said that. Because <laughs> like, wouldn't you? You'd be like, I don't recall that. Like you get kind of loose and you're like, oh shit. I <laughs> Walk it back, walk it back. You're a little kid, you don't remember. the only time that a child going into the woods and visiting a shack came out on the other side, and it was a good good story and a good memory. Dot Moore talks the slowest talk, and she has done what I, it felt like a 120-minute uh, audiobook. I think it was 15. It was but like a, it yeah. just, it seemed that long, but she is so passionate. And to know what your passion is at five? Yeah. This is Ella. She's gonna grow. <laughs> it's gonna be about me, though. Someday there's gonna be, they're doing like Mothman or dirt. She loves Mothman, too, she right? She loves yeah. Mothman. Which we have our baby Mothman on oh, stage. Yes. Speaking of which. Oh, you guys, we failed to introduce baby. Speak to me, baby. This is, you've probably heard us talk about him. He. Yes, yeah. this is Baby. He was given to us in Columbus, our very Columbus, first show. the very first show. Uh, and he, he is wearing a um, custom piece by Nancy McKinney. 
Um, <laughs> and then we got these guys in Raleigh. Raleigh, yeah. Yeah, someone Sabrina. made these. So these are his friends now that flank him on stage. So yes. um, the more little weird plushies we get, eventually we're just going to look like um, a KB <laughs> toy store. And then we'll be like huddled <laughs> behind all of our stuffed animals doing our show back here. We love getting the requests from our venues, which give it up for this beautiful venue that we're in right, right? now. Right. Phenomenal, and they're like, "What you know? What do you need as far as stage settings?" And we're like, "We have our own set decorations." <laughs> we show up with that. We're, we're, yeah, yeah. So they're like, "Huh? Okay." Um, uh, two nights ago, the manager of the club goes, "Is that a fly?" And we said, "It's a Mothman." By the way, <laughs> he's like, "Idiot! <laughs> you don't know what this clearly is." Very obviously, oh, a Mothman. baby, baby's feathers are. We're gonna have to do something about his little head. But. Baby gets maintenance after every leg of yes. the Yes, <laughs> yeah, we do. We have to like reconfigure him and figure out. We're gonna get a little carrying case for him. <laughs> um, we thought we found one oh last night God. online. <laughs> Heather, I forgot. Uh, we have not talked about this today, but last night. We went down a rabbit hole of Fuck, dude. how um, how easy it is to buy the bones of anything. It's this relevant. all started because it's when relevant. we were in Nashville, we were very lucky enough to get a uh, behind-the-scenes tour of Third Man Records, which is uh, yes, gas. Yes. Someone guessed. because it was incredible like i think they do um tours like paid tours also so if you ever get the opportunity go because it is like tim burton met willy wonka and they designed a uh, place where everyone can work and it isn't incredible but one of the things jack white has purchased are um a lot of taxidermy there was an actual elephant's head it's in the blue room where you can go see shows. Yes, so that you can out. just see if you go to the shows. But um, in another area, there were these two giant skulls on a table. Nope, don't tell them what I guess they and were. And Christina goes, yeah, the end, she goes, do you know what they are? And uh, Leanne said, a giraffe, which was one of them, which she was said impressive. It, she said it after I, like an idiot. No, the, uh, the said, other said I said, a triceratops? That was true, yeah. And then she she laughed and she went, oh, no. And it was very nice. And then Liam was like, a giraffe, because it had the, like, knobby-doos on the top. And then Scientific the other name. one, Heather goes, is that a saber-toothed tiger? And she was like, it's a hippo. <laughs> so then, when we were back at the hotel later, I was like, how much do you think those cost? Because the, the, she didn't tell us. It was always an undisclosed amount. Because I don't think Jack White goes around bragging about how much he spends on his taxidermy and his skulls. <laughs> but then Heather immediately... She's like, well, I found it's either boner room or bone room. And I'm like, probably bone room. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. You can get anything you want. Full skeleton, human oh. skulls, any animal. And I kept saying... Where do they get these? And Leanne just kept going, from people. And I was like, that's not my question. Oh, my God. What people? How did, like, where are these coming from? And we still don't know. That is in my search history. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. there's also a whole thing about the founder. And then I went down a rabbit hole about the life of a person who decided to turn his reptile at home basement reptile emporium into a bone selling operation it the yada yada over a lot in the middle there's a lot of that <laughs> yeah so go to bonerum.com if you'd like yeah, to learn more about that 
but y'all thought I was messing with you because it said that the giraffe's head was worth $6,900. Yes. And then we looked up a Fully. F- a full human. No, it was a full giraffe. And it was... 42,000. 42,000. I go, this is bullshit. Somebody put 69 and 420. Check all the prices. This isn't real. Because also the bio was like written like whimsical. Yeah, and I'm like, this is a real professional business. I still don't buy it. I don't know. But the only thing we could come up with was maybe it was like an FBI website. That was, and it's meant to be like you want to you want to buy a skeleton, and then as soon as you send bonerum at gmail.com <laughs> an email, it's like, oh yeah, meet me here, and then your handcuffs get slapped on your hands. Then, then we also thought, what if this was Leanne? She was like, wait, what if because snakes can't digest bones. What if this guy's a serial killer and he's feeding the people to the snakes and then he's selling the bones to get rid of the evidence? And at that point, we all realized our MCs had kicked in and we were like, yeah, that sounds like that's probably exactly what happened. Yeah, it'd be the perfect crime. Well, yeah, uh, also, you can get a human skull for 200 bucks, so I'll leave you with that. Yeah, it was much less than I thought there it was. There was a be. tab on the site that said, sell your bones. <laughs> So you could probably get a weight on some of them, we don't uh, know. but other ones, if I get, if you need the dough, we don't know uh, how you get them. Mahaley's snakes. I thought about this as I was reading about her snakes. I don't think, I don't know, boy, I don't know. Depends snakes on where they don't crawl. Bother me. So I mean, I don't want them crawling on me, but yeah, uh, if I see one, I'm not gonna panic. Well, I was just gonna say, uh, you know, if I had the opportunity, and they said you will become an all-powerful psychic and very wealthy, but you have to lay down and let these snakes crawl all up in the crannies. I'd do it. Yeah. 100%. Depends on how many times I'd have to do it. Maybe once. I'd probably do I it bet once. You let, how, what's your uh, cutoff of the amount of snakes you're allowing to crawl on you? <laughs> I'd be willing to do it once, but not more than four times. Is that one lay down, four snakes? Oh, I meant one lay down, multiple snakes each lay down. Oh. Someone groaned. Someone was like, fuck the future. <laughs> I don't care. I thought it was one lay down, snakes crawl, then you've got psychic abilities forever. That's not how it worked? I think for her, she did it. Uh, one lay down with snakes, came back red to them. And that's well, and all then they've got the word of God, and so now they're gonna, not going to bite her. And she <laughs> ate the Bible, so. Yeah. <laughs> she took care of it. Just like those snakes ate those bones, <laughs> she's eating the Bible. <laughs> Mahaley lost her right eye in her mid-twenties. According to Dot Moore, Mahaley and a group of friends were walking down a dirt road on a windy day. Someone's hat flew off their head in front of her. The hat pin stuck in her eye. Yeah, that's rough. Requiring it to be removed. She took to wearing a glass marble in its place. Sometimes taking it out to shine it on her sleeve in the middle of conversation. Because why would you not do that? That's amazing. You've already, I mean, you've already done the weirdest part. You ate a Bible and preached to snakes. Yes. So it's, you, it would be weird if she didn't take her glass eye out and rub it on her sleeve mid-convo. You love to see a person lean in, just going, yeah, this is me now. This is me. Uh, is me. They said it glinted all the time, and I'm like, yeah, she shined it a lot. (laughs) That was the one thing we took umbrage with in the Johnny Cash production is June Carter, both eyes, none were glass. And she didn't even wear an eye patch or no, nothing. No, or in Heather Craig, well, put in a contact. 
It was filmed in the 80s. We feel like there was some kind of uh, graphics they could have done. They made Star Wars in the 70s. They could have made true. June Carter Cash's I Look Fake they in the 80s. They should have, yes. Yeah. Get freaking Industrial Light and Magic on the case. It was a made-for-TV movie fi- financed by the Cashes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you would think then that would that's right. such a major part of her that they would want to get that part right. Johnny Cash is like, looks all right. He's like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't look at you, June, without both eyes. I love you so much, I got to stare into both of your eyes. Man. The sexual tension in the scene where Johnny Cash, who plays the sheriff, and June, who does. plays Mahaley, is palpable. Yes. <laughs> She's going at the fire with a poker, and it, they just keep cutting back to him, and he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, and at right. one point, he just goes... Yeah, just eyebrows. Kind of like smirks at her. <laughs> yeah. As for her powers, Mahaley preferred the biblical term... Seer. According to the Times-Herald. Seer is from the book of Samuel, and as a devout Christian, Mahaley liked the biblical connection. She was known to walk several miles to get to church each week with her pack of dogs trailing behind her. Of course, she had 22 dogs. Why wouldn't she? About 22 dogs, yeah. She are, I mean, you preach to the snakes, you want your dogs, everyone has to be of the same faith. Save them. Including the animals, so now the dogs have to go to church, so they all get on the same page. I think it was Dot Moore who said, well, no, it was another one, uh, one of the historians in this documentary was like, she loved to be a storyteller and create these personas of like, I'm a fortune teller. They said another role she played was like, I'm a Christian. I'm one of you. They said she really was devoutly religious, but she really hammered it home because being a psychic in the late 1800s, early 1900s in the South, eh, you never know. Not People might be like, oh, a witch, some. burn her. Mm-hmm. And instead she was like, I'm a seer like the Bible. Mm-hmm. Please don't burn me. Also, if you try, I have 22 dogs. So <laughs> fuck off. It's all about branding. <laughs> was, you, wanna, yes. you just got It's how you present it. Absolutely. Mahaley began her professional career as a school teacher. Though she would later be described as a shrewd and astute businesswoman, according to the Times Herald, she was compassionate and patient with her pupils. Stephen Coot Nixon... Love that. Oh, coot. Oh, coot. Was a student in Mahaley's class as a boy. He broke his right arm, leaving him unable to write. Selma Bowen of the Heard County Historical Society told the Times-Herald, After coot's recovery, a friend, neighbor, and teacher, Mahaley Lancaster, taught him to write with his left hand. She was a good person. And back then, if you were left-handed, it was like... Fuck off. Witch. Like they <laughs> also a witch. Oh, is that a woo from a left-handed lefty. person? Yeah, lefties. <laughs> Good for you, lefties. I, You know what? Uh, weird fun fact about me, I've always wanted to be left-handed, and one summer I tried to teach myself how to be, and it did. I am still right-handed. So it's very hard. You can't just do that, or at least I guess I wasn't dedicated enough. But she didn't just say, like, well, you're screwed. She nope. was like, "We're gonna, we're gonna fix this." Yeah, she's like, "And you you're still what? gonna have to deal with right-handed desks and right-handed everything, but you'll know how to write." Sorry, Coot. There's only so much I can do. <laughs> Coot. <laughs> Why do you think they didn't just go full Cooter? Oh, I. You know what? There's probably already one in the family. <laughs> oh, that's we Cooter. Got Cooter. That's Coot. Don't get them twisted. They're no. two different people. We got Cooter, Coot, Scooter, Scoot, and Tooter. <laughs> We're looking for a toot. (laughs) Yeah, the next baby's got to be toot. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, that goodness transferred to her legal career. On February 10th, 1911, 
Mahaley was admitted to the Atlanta Law School and began practicing as a lawyer shortly thereafter. According to the Times-Herald, she offered her services to indigent members of the community and was a frequent victor in the courtroom. Meanwhile, she also began writing a column for the local paper under the pseudonym Uncle Sam. According to the Times-Herald, her dispatches were generally news of the day. A few hogs was killed last week. Or, schools of this section have been suspended for three weeks on account of the flu. Times were tough back then. <laughs> you know, I feel like that last sentence still very... Um, be I get uh, emails weekly from Ella's school. It's like, well, we're shutting down a classroom. <laughs> so, the, flu. Uh, the few hogs, you know... You, we need to know. You got to know what As that a farmer. You got to know what's going on out there with your hogs. Like, what was all that squealing? A few hogs was killed. <laughs> Coot's fine. Cooter yes. is questionable. Yeah. <laughs> Back then, though, I was oh, saying, you got to have a pooter and a poot too. <laughs> yeah, we can't family. Leave family. Out. A whole family. Yeah. You can't leave them out. I will say I'm very jealous because back then the bar was voluntary and you didn't have to take it until like the 60s. Oh. So you just taught yourself law. And as the per- well, person in the documentary goes, she was a lawyer. And so far as she, sh- she taught herself the law, she read some in the books and she showed up in court and started working. <laughs> and I'm like, but she represented a lot of bootleggers. Press uh, for she the job you want. Or absolutely. just walk in and do it <laughs> show up but yeah that was a big thing with all the bootleggers and she would always be like i don't like drinking but she loved money and she would just be like you need some money all right and then mm-hmm. some of them would come to her and be like real desperate she's like all right and she wouldn't charge them but i love that you just roll in and just be yeah. like i'm a lawyer now she george cassandra's yeah she's, she's like, leave. <laughs> like uh i didn't quit no i've worked i still work here yeah mm-hmm. i'm very much a lawyer Mahaley also got involved in politics with the ratification of the 19th Amendment, securing women's right to vote. She wrote in the local paper, The ladies must register to vote. In September of 1922, Mahaley ran for the Georgia House of Representatives, but she was defeated. She continued practicing law with an article from the Atlanta Constitution reporting on her work in courts in Atlanta and nearby Noonan and Carrollton. She won all her cases. How could you not, though, if the if you're in court and you think you're going, it's going bad with a jury, you just bust your eye out and be <laughs> like, <gasps> "I'm sorry, what was that that you just yeah. said?" Or it's just like she wore like a fucking ding, 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 and it just like trickles across yeah. the floor, and everyone's like, "Oh!" Again, you lean in, or yeah. she also hang on a minute. This just occurred to me. You're a psychic. You're a lawyer. You want to be undefeated. Only take the cases you know you're going to win. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's, That's it. it. Yeah. Golly. Man. Psychic lawyer, one, would watch. But two... <laughs> like, that's... If you're a psychic, mm-hmm. become a lawyer. Yes. Or anything that involves winning. Working at the horse track. Yeah. Uh, 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 swimming. Uh, I, it was the first Olympic sport that came to mind. <laughs> and then the next one was fencing. So I don't know. People are like, I'm betting on that fencing match. <laughs> Throwing the money down, baby. <laughs> Undeterred by her previous political loss, six years later, she ran for Georgia Senate. The newspaper in 1928 called Mahaley a noted feminist and a picturesque character as all who have seen or heard her can testify. She personally, not to mention her garb, would lend quite a touch of color to the Senate chamber. 
Noted feminist sounded like it had a tone that I don't appreciate. She uh, pretty much didn't give a shit what anybody thought. She She, was ahead of her time. The second that women had the right to vote, she she didn't just go, well, I'm going to go vote. She was like, well, I'll be going to the House of Representatives. So she would just run and did not wait for anyone to tell her, yeah, you should. It's time. Mm -hmm. She was like, it's time now. She, uh, She paved the way. She also ran on a platform of equal education in all schools. Free textbooks, lower poll taxes for women, safeguards for banks, reduced fines and sentences for bootleggers, banning lobbyists while the House was in session, and a reduction of childbirth fees for impoverished mothers. Right? Where is Mahaley now? Mm-hmm. We need her. We, we've lost RGB. <laughs> we need, uh, we need, we lost RBG. We gotta have her back. She lost that race too, though. And instead returned her focus to her many careers. And, yeah, she just was undeterred. Also, she, she delivered some babies. People trusted her as a midwife. They would trust her as a teacher. They would trust, I mean, just pretty much. They would be like, Haley, could she you? She's like, yeah. a million pounds. Yeah. 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 Let me put my eye in. Yeah. Make sure that I got to see where the baby's coming from. They're like, <laughs> it's always the same place. <laughs> Every time. She's like, you don't know that. I've seen things. <laughs> This one's coming out the back. (laughs) (laughs) The report on her Senate campaign was right. Mahaley's outfits were uniquely her own. She sometimes wore dresses of burlap, like many farmer women those days, according to Dot Moore. It's very flattering and not at all itchy. Straight up made, they were like, it's a flower sack. I'm like, I guess you turn it upside down and cut a head hole. Mm -hmm. And then just use a rope as a belt if you want to do that. I don't know. But other times, she wore great feather boas, skirts stacked on skirts that swished when she walked, and fancy hats. In the winter, she could be seen wearing a wool military coat. According to the Atlanta Constitution, the soldier hat she was, secret- she was frequently seen wearing belonged to her deceased brother. I really love the movie, the murdering Coweta County movie, is because the Johnny and June Cash brought the rights and then adapted... A- not just the book, not the, um, there was a book before that, a true crime book in the early 80s. Documentary. And then the documentary came later, but the, um, all the information from the newspaper reports, like they had done at the time of this trial that we'll talk about, they had done all this, these interviews and (laughs) I'm not saying that they're not great screenwriters, but I am saying, we're not saying that. (laughs) I am saying that apropos of nothing, June Carter Cash will just spew a fact about Mahaley Lancaster in the middle of the movie. <laughs> and one of these times is they go, that's a nice hat, Mahaley. And she's wearing like a, well, one with a, ball, a bunch of flowers hanging out of it. And earlier in the movie, she'd been wearing the military hat. And he goes, where's the military hat? And she's like, the military hat belonged to my deceased brother. And it's like, has nothing to do with the movie at all. It's just technically a true fact they that they're to, like, they had to get some facts in. It's like, put it in the screenplay. It's important. Like, it's not. But yeah, she'll just go like, anyway, I lost my eye when I was 22. You're like, we don't, okay, all right, sure. But also, just say did you? Because yeah. your eyes are your eyes. She's just like, wink. <laughs> Though she had successful careers as a teacher, a farmer, a door-to-door seed seller, and a lawyer. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, what didn't she do? Mahaley's powers as a seer ended up being the most lucrative for her. She told the Atlanta Constitution, It's not a learned gift, it's a borned gift. (laughs) 
I've got some learning. I taught school. I passed the bar and could practice law. But seeing the future is my art. Sometimes you have to take like 27 other jobs before you find your own passion. And I'm speaking from experience. <laughs> so, you know? Uh, I definitely relate to this. Of like, So what kind of, like today we were getting our hair done and he said, what kind of lawyer were you? Because I said, I used to be a lawyer, I'm a comedian now. And I was like, well, <clears throat> like hedge fund, law firm, had my own practice, worked at Legal Aid. And I was like, oh, I sound like I didn't know what I wanted to do. Oh, and then he said, so tell me about the podcast. And I told him, and then he just looked, it, you know, you make eye contact with the stylist in the mirror and he goes, it sounds like you're free in a world full of chains. And I was like, fuck. I said, it does feel like that sometimes. You're right. Thank you. Thank you, sir. It was like, God damn. It was a wild experience at the blow bar today. <laughs> we had a great a time. And I feel like yeah. our hair came out great. Yes, so it thanks did. To the so blow bar. thank you, blow bar. Uh, <laughs> but that, what a nugget. I was like, dang, you're right, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was dropping <sighs> knowledge bombs all over the place. During the Great Depression, Haley bought land at $1 per acre. In the end, she owned over 1,000 acres, making her the biggest female landowner in Georgia. She needed all that land, too, because at one point she owned 22 dogs. <laughs> they need places to run around. Another job where you need to know the future, real estate. Yeah. Man, she, I like that she's like, I'll help you all find things, but also I'm going to go buy this land for myself. Thanks, bye. Also, she's like, I know I can get 22 dogs because I'm going to have the property for them in just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Plan it in advance. Well, knowing her skills were valuable, Mahaley began charging $1.10 per reading, according to the Atlanta Constitution. A dollar for me and a dime for my dog. <laughs> Folks were more than willing to pay, as Mahaley was particularly helpful in finding lost items. Wallets, farm animals, and stolen goods, Mahaley could find anything. There was one guy who got more interviewed, and he said he, as a kid, his dad lost his wallet when they were working in the fields, and they went to see Mahaley, and they were friendly with her and just kind of chatting, and out of uh, saying nothing, she said, by the way, your wallet's on the third row, and it's halfway down, and you'll find it. He hadn't said, hey, we're here to see you because I lost my wallet, um, and then it's kind of like, and you'll find that wallet, and come back, and give me my dollar and a dime. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think those dogs with, did with their dimes? <laughs> saving up for <laughs> they're like gotta get we're gonna go get our own land i like that she had like a little trust fund for she did them. she had a they dog had, trust fund this is my dog's fun we don't dip into that no we leave that's it. for we leave them it. what they want to do <laughs> she would also tell futures she would predict the number of children someone would eventually have and the children's sexes at birth as well as take a crack at their names too though most disturbing would be the people for whom she would conclude, there is no future to tell. Mm, and she did that one time. Worst thing you can hear from a fortune teller? I think so. Yeah, there was like a group of friends that came, and some came from one direction, some came from the other, and they drove together to meet at Mahaley's house to all have their fortunes told, how fun. And she told most everyone's except for one person, and was like, I gotta go. I'm tired. It's time for my time for bed. And they're like, Oh, come on, can't you do her? She's like, No, nah, I'm good. And then in the other room, she told them, There's no future for her. And then that night, half the people went one way. The woman drove off by herself and she died that night. She had a car accident on the way home and died. And so I think, you know, as Mahaley, you're like, well, I don't want to tell her. You know, you're like, uh, just like, mm. 
I gotta go to bed. Well, it's like March of the Penguins. You can't interfere with what's gonna happen. If if she was like, you're gonna die tonight, then what that woman doing? like would have stayed there, and then you have a Final Destination situation mm-hmm. on your hands, and Death is just chasing her down because when Death comes for you, Death succeeds. It will get you. Uh, just like March of the Penguins. <laughs> Another fact, I have never seen that movie because it will kill me. <laughs> but I do know that they don't interfere with the little baby penguins when they're struggling. No. And that is why I won't watch it. Once she found herself in the courthouse during a foreclosure sale. A fine piano went up for auction and Mahaley was there to bid on it. Her beloved sister Sally loved to play. Mahaley had the winning bid at $200, a hefty sum in the late 1930s worth about $3,400 in today's money. The skilled seer asked the judge to give her until 2 p.m. that day to make her payment. Knowing her wealth, he agreed. Soon, she was out in the commissioner's meeting room, according to the Atlanta Constitution. She read so many fortunes, she came back to the judge in just a few hours with a wad of $200 in one, two, and $5 bills having earned the full sum telling fortunes in just that one day. This woman rolled up and was like, bam. <laughs> Here's your $200. Give me my piano. Man, that was back when $2 bills weren't like a special treat. Yeah. If you got one, everyone just carried them around. Man, RIP $2 bills. All are bills. they still around? I don't think any are really in circulation. I mean, you they, have some. You can, you can circle them. Yeah, I think you can get them from the bank probably still. I wonder why we stopped making those. There's definitely an answer I could quickly Google. But I will save that for later when we're looking at more bones we can purchase. <laughs> How like, many bones does $2 get you? Probably not many. Probably like maybe like a tiny bird bone. The, the founder of the bone room's like, you can have the end of a pinky. <laughs> But has to be a $2 bill. <laughs> Only $2. That's fair. That's fair. Well, soon more people outside of central Georgia would hear of Mahaley's skills. In April of 1948, the metro Atlanta area was abuzz after the murder of sharecropper Wilson Turner. After a dispute over some moonshine bootlegging, of course, Turner had stolen a pair of cows from John Wallace, also tracks, one of the wealthiest men in the area. Wallace was called a county kingpin. Same for me. (laughs) Who controlled local politics with his illegal bootlegging money, according to WXIA Atlanta News. That's that's the only revenge. If you have a bootlegging dispute, you'd steal their cows. (laughs) Those are the two most important things. The moonshine boss had no idea where his expensive stolen cattle had gone. So Wallace sought out the advice of none other than Mahaley Lancaster. He visited her cabin and gave her the required dollar and a dime, according to the Atlanta Constitution. Mahaley then answered Wallace's question of who stole the cows. She told him Turner had taken them, that one cow would be found, and that Turner would be caught. And he went all the time. He was like a frequent flyer of Mahaley's and went about every six she months. had a... Uh, stamp card, yeah. so after a certain amount, you She's, got a free reading. When you get six punches on the card, I'll let you wear my hat for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Wallace was enraged at the theft and concocted a scheme for his revenge. Turner was arrested for the theft, but soon released for lack of evidence. When he was let out of jail, Wallace waited outside to intercept him and chase him down. In the end, Wallace caught up and murdered Turner during a fight in full view of patrons having lunch at the Sunset Tourist Camp. 
That's what they which said. Is probably not what they thought they were going to see when they went to a restaurant called that. <laughs> Let's stop here and have a sandwich. <laughs> oh my God. They're like, well, we're going to show you the sights. You came to see the sights. Here you go. Dang. Mm. What do you have, think happened to the other cow? I. Um, that's how that's how the boneroom.com gets its wares. You know what? Probably hit it real good. <laughs> it's hard to hide a cow, I imagine. True. That was the most country thing I've said in a while. <laughs> it's hard I even got twang on that too. It's, it's hard, hard to hide, hide a cow, cow I imagine. <laughs> that's like a that's like a southern aphorism too. Mm-hmm. It was like, well, I tried to keep it from her. Well, it's hard to hide a cow, you know what they say. That's what they say. While the Slater claimed as he was pistol-whipping Turner <laughs> that the gun went off on accident. <laughs> Wallace then disposed of Turner's body with the help of two field workers, Albert Brooks and Robert Lee Gates. Wallace first put the body in a well, then later retrieved it and burned it before scattering the ashes in a nearby stream. Yeah, he went above and beyond. And in the movie... To watch Andy oh Griffith God. do this, um, it took a lot of compartmentalizing from seeing him in the Andy Griffith show to now playing a sinister man that's burning a body in a pit uh, that he has constructed out of a lot of wood. It was in such a, field. a huge pyre, and then he was dumping maybe kerosene, probably gasoline on it. And you, what, didn't he light the torch? Like, yes, right, and just threw it. And I don't think it was a stunt double. I was like, Christ, that got close to him. And it's like a full-on torch. He just tosses it right Whoosh. on this giant pyre. Yeah. And his hair has so much hairspray in it. That couldn't have been safe no, for you no. at all. No. But, yeah, he hooks it on it. And then the, the two actors playing the field workers are crouching and hiding. And one of them goes... God have mercy on us all. And he does say, Andy Griffith does say, as he's throwing it on the thing, he's like, come arrest me now, sheriff. Mm -hmm. And he's almost looking straight in the camera. Like, almost. Yes. Also, he and Johnny Cash in several scenes just have what appeared to be a staring contest. (laughs) They would, it would just be, like, one, I was like, you know they were so proud of this shot, because Andy Griffith is in jail and uh, Johnny Cash staring him through the bars and it's just like <laughs> and Andy Griffith can't look sinister to Ever. save his life the only time he does look sinister in it is and you go that smile <laughs> he does this like Andy Taylor like Andy Griffith show smile like ah! but the flames are reflected yeah. back on his face and it was like you got out of oh. context it did not work it wasn't like a fun like uh, mayberry type of situation <laughs> with the previous success of her last prediction wallace returned to the soothsayer he paid mahaley another buck ten and followed her into her living room she sat before the fireplace poking at a roaring fire with a poker she didn't look up from the fire when she said you killed him anyway didn't you Wallace was startled, asking, Who, Miss Mahaley? She told him, Wilson Turner. Stone-faced, Wallace refused to show he was afraid, asking the woman, Who told you that? She replied, The fire. (laughs) Curious, he asked, What else does the fire tell you? This sounds sexual, but it wasn't. (laughs) But it sounds like they're about to go into 
the other side of the room because it was a one-room <laughs> cabin just to the hay mattress and do things. But Ms. Ms. Mahaley, that is not what was happening. Haley put the dogs outside. And <laughs> She's put, like, all 22? <laughs> put your poker down. Pick this one up. I have a poker. I got a poker I'd like to show you, Mahaley. <laughs> we need to write some fan fiction. Andy Griffith fan fiction. Of what we thought we should have happened, for sure. <laughs> Mahaley did not mince words. That you've lost the body and you can't find it now. Now even more enchanted by her powers, he asked. Where is the body, Miss Mahaley? How do you lose the body? <laughs> well, what happened is initially he st- threw it down a well on a large tract of land well, that yeah, he owned. Well, I guess you could lose it that way. And he had three wells. So he couldn't find it. It's like three card money. You gotta, yeah, you know, it's just, they're just like, so he finds that he, they, after, I mean, you gotta look, and it's probably the third one, you know? It's always always the last place you look. And gets Mm -hmm. it out of there, and then that's whenever he creates this funeral pyre and almost sets himself on fire. (laughs) If the movie is to be believed. Now the woman was fed up. I warned you, John Wallace, I warn you again. Danger, death, destruction. That was also the name of her LP that (laughs) has never been released, but should. According to the book, Murder in Coweta County, right? Okay. She thrashed her fire poker into the flames with each of the last words. Warning, Wallace. The three fates surround you. John Wallace made a grave mistake. He yelled at Mahaley Lancaster. Y'all already know that's a bad idea from everything we've said. Saying to her, Don't give me that hocus pocus. All I want's the body. Where is it? A look from the powerful woman's weathered face was all it took to put him back in his place. He instantly apologized, saying, Forgive me, it's just that I'm in a hurry. (laughs) She warned him, still angry at his outburst. Harry will do you no good, John Wallace. The hands of the fates have joined. This evil deed will see the light. That's like when you're out to dinner and you're you're acting up and your mom's just like... <laughs> and you immediately are like, I'm sorry. And you just sit there. Like, it takes one look to know, like, you don't... I know I fucked up and I'm sorry I was just in a hurry. Please forgive me. Don't turn me into a frog or something else. <laughs> or she's... At the very least, she's wielding a hot fire poker. Mm-hmm. Arrogant as ever, John Wallace disagreed with the powerful witch, saying, Not if I can find the body first. She shook her head, telling him, Twill do no good. Authorities were stuck, unable to find Wilson Turner's body, and pursue the wealthy landowner for the crime. He was their primary suspect, but they were hesitant to arrest him without a body. Officers knew where to turn. Mahaley Lancaster. When asked for the location of the body... Mahaley was able to provide the sheriff's deputies with information, telling them, Fire, fire, fire. (laughs) I like your your interpretation of that. (laughs) It was three different fire, fire, fire. (laughs) Like when we're testing our mics, you got to say it different ways to get all the things. Or was she just hypnotized by her own fire she, she was, was like fire fire or if fire. you look into the future or you look into what happened and you see how big the fucking fire andy griffith made was you're like fire 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 whoa whoa whoa, whoa. put it out unnecessary officers were able to find the ashes where wallace had burned turner's body 
and obtain information from the two farmhands who helped Wallace retrieve the corpse from the well and dispose of it. Wallace was arrested and put on trial for murder. The prosecutors called Mahaley to testify. She took the stand and shocked the courtroom, which is not a shock to any of us (laughs) that that would probably happen. Well, and they said at the time, this was the gentleman in the documentary said, this was the O.J. Simpson trial of the day. (laughs) And he's just like, because John Wallace was super well known. Everybody in the county loved him. If they didn't love him, they owed him money and wanted him. Some people would say, okay, well, I do want him to go to jail because then I don't owe money anymore. But others were like, oh, I make money running his moonshine, Mm -hmm. so I'm out of a job. So everybody was at the courthouse, totally packed and everything. And then you hear, and also the psychics showing up to testify. And people were like, I need a seat. Give me a seat in the front, please. Taking off the week from work. (laughs) Mahaley's testimony, along with the brave testimony of Gates and Brooks as to what they had seen, secured a conviction of Wallace and a sentence of death. The case was groundbreaking. Not only was Wallace one of the wealthiest men to ever get the death penalty, but his case was also the first in Georgia, where a white man was given the death penalty on the testimony of two black witnesses. And it was really brave of them to testify. They had a lot to lose, and Mm -hmm. he had kind of strong-armed them, essentially, and said, you know, if somebody comes to you with a body to dispose of in a threatening fashion and is like, you're going to help me bury this and don't tell anyone, you know they're kind of capable of murder already. (laughs) So there's a shift in a power dynamic, not to mention an extremely wealthy white man and two black sharecroppers and nevertheless they were like no what he did was wrong and also very fucked up that he was extremely wealthy and trying to wield all this power so you know we don't always cover cases where the justice is kind of served Mm -hmm. in the end but even despite not having a body and he thought he was so smart and andy griffith in the movie gives this like huge soliloquy it is heather couldn't get over it she's like he's standing up he couldn't do that i'm like they've taken a lot of creative liberty i mean he also at this point he is no longer um, John Wallace. John Wallace. He is now Matlock. He has the exact same suit on. It was literally like they were like, go get your Matlock attire and bring it here. They're trying to save money. You, I mean, he's looking at the camera. The voice is totally the same. If you just turned it on at that point, you'd be like, oh, I never saw this episode of Matlock before. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. And then he, but then he finishes his soliloquy and sits down. And his own attorney, who told him not to testify, <laughs> just looks over at him and he is goes, like, I nailed it, didn't I? And then the attorney goes, you just buried yourself, John Wallace. <laughs> like, <laughs> goddamn. I'm paying you, probably. I mean, they still got paid back then, right? Yeah, well, he was, yeah, that's what the, cattle or something? there was a bunch of uh, whispers at the courthouse because they're like, oh, it's this big time fancy lawyer from Atlanta. He hired the best in the biz. He's a slick man. And the, the slick man was like, you're a dumbass. <laughs> anyway, my retainer is due. I'm going to need that money. Mm-hmm. And uh, not, not only are you probably not allowed to stand up and give a full monologue from the stand, but Johnny Cash, who was not playing a lawyer in the movie <laughs> and was indeed playing a sheriff, is sitting at the prosecution table. <laughs> In the first chair. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was like, you don't put Johnny Cash in with the other people just watching. What did you say? You go, Johnny Cash didn't sit in the back for nobody. Uh, <laughs> like, no, he uh, does not. He's, he is producing, I imagine directing, and has written <laughs> the film. He sits wherever he wants. <laughs> he has no lines because uh, that sheriff wasn't part of the trial. And there's like transcripts of this trial. So he just sits there with that look on his face. The whole time. <laughs> Just watching June on the stand, like, mm. 
Never before, never again will there be two older people hornier for each other than me. <laughs> so fucking horny for each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like nasty horny for each mm-hmm. other. He shows up in the movie to Mahaley's house and she's like, well, you got to give a dollar for me and a dime for my dogs. And he, the moments it takes him to fish the change out of his pocket... And she's looking at him, and, he and he's looking at her. He needed a little time down there. He needed a little time I in mean, that pocket. They shared a moment. They uh-huh. shared a moment. That's the other thing. She would, because people would come to her and be like, "Oh man, I robbed this store, and I'm afraid I'm going to get caught." And they just like admitted it to her. And when the cops would come and be like, "Hey, somebody robbed a store. We don't really know." And she's like, "I bet I can look in the future and tell me for a dollar and a dime." <laughs> and would charge the cops money. And she was like, "Yeah, okay. It's like Bob Smith down. There. It was Cooter down the road." Mm-hmm. And then tur- and people would be like, "I don't know how the cops found me." Or she and she'd tell them too, "You're going to get caught for this crime." And like, do you know she's how? She's working every angle. She's a she shrewd and astute businesswoman. She did. She knows what she's doing. She did. Because the police would be like, would you like to help us? And she was like, would you like to give me some money? <laughs> and then on the other side, they're like, tell me what I need to do tonight. And she's like, I can tell you where the cops are going to be at what time. <laughs> if you give me another dollar ten. She's like, here's a tip. Leave town. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they fucking know it was you because it was me. <laughs> Wallace awaited his execution date while his appeals went all the way to the United States Supreme Court. In one of the filings, Wallace's attorney argued, Not since the 17th century has the testimony of a witch been allowed in a court of law. That is a flex I would like to have for myself (laughs) at some point. In the end, the appeals all failed, and Wallace was eventually executed by electric chair in 1950. Mm-hmm. Mahaley's testimony was intriguing to journalists. Her story became nationwide news. According to the Atlanta Constitution, truth seekers came from as far as Chicago, New Mexico, Texas, and New York to see the now world famous Oracle. Patrons lined up outside her door, waiting for their fortune to be read for the now increased price of $2.75 per reading. Supply and demand, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> know your worth. The publication also wrote that this prompted Mahaley's sister to look out her door and say, Looks like the world wants its fortune told and it's stomping down the bushes and stirring up a dust storm to get Mahaley Lancaster to do the job. That is a supportive sister. Oh, they're best friends. They live together and yes. she's like, yeah, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here for you. Tell me what you need. Yeah, and they saw... Sally would, was with her every step of the way. And so uh, initially when she was doing her door-to-door seed selling... They'd go and be like, if you want to buy these seeds, Mahaley would go, I guarantee that this will produce fruit. And they believed her because she, A, would only sell the seeds that would grow, and B, had this reputation as a psychic. And her sister eventually got married, moved off, but then moved back. Mahaley never got married. And so she loved her sister, did everything. Like she said, Sally wanted a piano. Well, I'll go buy I'll get down Sally the courthouse and buy you yeah. a piano. So after Got all this, the free fortune telling she wanted. Oh, yeah. She was always. Knew who to marry. Because <laughs> you got your sister right there. Like She's like, it's like us with Leanne. She's yeah. like, Leanne's like, what about this guy? We're like, no. Not that one. We're not psychics, but we know. <laughs> We're just judgy. <laughs> But we'll find. We're gonna do it. We'll, we're gonna pull a Mahaley and find find the one. We'll find the one. Well, and that's she got super famous because the testimony that she gave was printed in the newspaper. And Wallace's slick Atlanta attorney really tried to put the screws on her and, and poke holes like, "Oh, you think you're so smart? You think you're such a psychic? You think you're so brilliant?" And she would go, "Yes." 
And he's like, oh, you think you're smarter than all the police? And she went, yes. And he's like, oh, well, if you're so smart, why don't you tell me my fortune? And she goes, you're going to end up like Wilson Turner, who is the person that was murdered. And he was like, no further questions. <laughs> and let her off the stand. And so this gets printed in the paper. And you, I mean, if it, and it gets picked because it's printed in Atlanta, which is a huge market, gets picked up across the country. So, yeah, people are in Texas are like, I want her. Mm-hmm. And would just drive cross country. We've been in the South for the past four days, That's and exciting. it is really getting to our speech. It's just coming out more, more than ever. I wore a fringe pearl snap shirt to the show yesterday. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I wore a fringe denim jacket. Both of these were purchased yesterday. We in did Nashville. not arrive in with Nashville. Them. In I was like, Nashville. I gotta have this shirt. It's got rhinestones on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I can't I go. I can't go, if you're going to wear fringe on stage, I can't nod or I'll look like a fool. <laughs> so then I, we were at the Ryman Auditorium and she was like, and I was like, that, there it is. That's what we're doing. If you're wondering exactly, I looked like Cowboy Curtis off of Pee-wee's, Pee-wee's Playhouse, <laughs> but without the hat or the really great hair. Oh, and if you're wondering, I now have to travel back with two denim jackets. <laughs> and I did not pack the first one, so now I'll be carrying onto a plane two denim jackets, one which has fringe hanging off of it. That's this long. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, you yeah. have a lot of questions. They're like, ma'am, you're only allowed to take one denim jacket on the aircraft. It's TSA regulations. If I have to choose, I'm keeping the fringe, of course. Oh, for sure. You got to. Yes. Oh. The TSA guy's like, I gotta confiscate this, and then just goes in the back like, fuck you. <laughs> I already have, well, since I've had my license, I have had no problems with TSA. Thank you very much. But before, on our first tour, literally got pulled every single time we flew, and I would always have my gavel with me, and they were like, why you have this? And I'd go, because I'm a judge. <laughs> and they were like, all right. Like, as if judges travel with their own gavels. They're like, oh, yes. Yes, yes. Precinct 13. Yes. <laughs> Her fortune-telling business became so lucrative that Mahaley no longer needed to farm. Her sister, Sally, told the Atlanta Constitution, We can't farm like we used to before Mahaley got so busy giving readings. Young married folks are the worst. They come to Mahaley more than everybody. <laughs> Mahaley took to fortune-telling full-time. In order to accommodate the out-of-town visitors, she fashioned a new parking lot that could handle all types of vehicles. Oh, she uh, she bought up the land, so she had the land for it. Yeah. It's like, we're expanding. She's an entrepreneur. She also probably already had it when the cars started coming because she knew that was going to happen. So they're like, oh, wow. There. And it's like marked with their names. They've got <laughs> reserved spaces at each one. We were expecting you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On particularly busy days. The Atlanta Constitution reported that up to 50 cars waited for a chance to stop at Mahaley's cabin. With the long lines came long waits and thirsty patrons. So Mahaley's brother-in-law set up a concession stand. <laughs> Always thinking. Mm-hmm. Selling up to 16 cases of soft drinks per day, along with candy, sandwiches, sardines, and crackers. You're going to be waiting in this hot sun for a while. I'm going to sell you a tin of fish. You can eat the whole, eat them whole hog with the bones and everything on these crackers, and they're like, you know, it's real salty, crackers and sardines. See, that's what you do. You're like, what's the saltiest thing? Because then they're gonna want to drink. Got them. So yeah, man. Um, 
do you like sardines? No. I like them. <sighs> Wait, am I thinking of anchovies? It doesn't matter. It's tiny fish, and I'm not going to eat that. I don't eat, I don't eat the whole, I don't, I've never ate one like Do you just do it like the, a cat on a cartoon and go, whoop, and the bones come out? <laughs> yeah. You sell them to boneroom.com. I sell them to the bone room. Bone room. Um, I, I'm thinking of anchovies, and I've, 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 I've enjoyed them on pizza because they're just salty. They just taste like salt. A little salty I, crunch. I love salt more than most people. I do love salt. Heather's like, you're going to salt that? I'm like, yeah, of course. It's pizza. Yeah. Or why wouldn't I put salt all over this salad? Also, <laughs> something I do all the time. I know now when we go to the Mexican restaurants, we're going to salt the chips. Okay. <clears throat> I need we. This is uh, divided. This is divided the show for over two years now. When you go to a Mexican food restaurant, round of applause if you salt the chips. Round of applause if you think it is unhinged to not salt the chips. They're chips. They need salt. Round of applause if you're that person at the table who has to eat a chip coated in salt that already had salt on it when it came out of the kitchen. Nah. I don't I don't salt. I don't salt already like that's have no I don't. And first of all, I only salt my my half of the basket. That's not true either. That is not true. I do not. I always ask you if I can. Yeah, I've never shaken no? the basket up. You can say no. I'll. You know what I'll start doing? I'll start individually salting each of my chips. <laughs> ah, that's fine. So you don't have to. No, to I worry become about used it. to it. The top layer of skin off my tongue got burned. Well, there you go. The increased fortune-telling created a small fortune from Haley and her sister, Sally. On average, Mahaley read 33 fortunes per day at $2.75 apiece, bringing in $90.75 a day, or about $1,080 in today's money. That is a lot of money per day to make. After one particularly fruitful day, reporters from the Atlanta Constitution watched as Mahaley hunched over a nail keg by the cold fireplace, scooped a double handful of greenbacks into a paper bag, and cackled appreciatively. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She made so much money, although it was very rude, she made so much money that she would get robbed pretty frequently. She time. would hide it over, or they, I think she was she didn't robbed. believe in banks. She didn't trust the banks. She was robbed about 30 times. It was very rude when the newspaper reported on it. It was like, seer didn't see robbery coming. <laughs> I always wonder if she was like, oh, I have so much money, like, they probably need it, whatever. You know, she just didn't care. She wouldn't turn them in. But there would be reports of other people going, well, people, I saw people running in the Lancaster house and running out with money, and the sheriff get, kept getting called, and he was like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. All right, guys, we're going to go take her money to the bank. And they showed up, and they're like, okay, Mahaley, we, you're, it's a tax on our resources. Like, we keep re- <laughs> responding to these robberies. And she's like, I don't need you to, but Okay. And, and so he said, okay, so what we have to do is we're going to take all your money to the bank, which she didn't really trust banks and she wasn't excited about, but she was nice and had a, you know, working relationship with law enforcement. So they had to have volunteers and sheriff's deputies find all the money that was hidden in her house because she had it in barrels. That's fun, though. That's like an <laughs> escape room. And the, the newspaper, they, they 
came with their cameras and were taking photos and it's just her pointing to these like young people from the neighborhood going like over there go look over there climb up in the fireplace there's some up there and eventually they got it all and they took it to the bank and she bought the bank because she didn't trust the bank she didn't trust the bank (laughs) and how genius is that because she's like she knows she's going to buy the bank. She's like, if y'all want to do all the hard work of moving all my cash over there for me, go right ahead. She's like, by all means, go mm-hmm. climb up, shimmy up that fireplace. With all the money she made, she was able to have a large 10-bedroom house built for her and her sister in Franklin. Also, all the dogs. Yes. The Atlanta Constitution reported that she paid $35,000 for the place in stacks of $1 bills. All collected from telling fortunes. It's the, the equivalent of the lady on the Looney Tunes who's like, I'd like to deposit yeah. these pennies. <laughs> <laughs> Just drops it down, yeah. I'm here to pay my uh, earnest money. One, two. Did, didn't your, I believe you've mentioned this before, when your mom would go to the bank yes. to deposit coins in a similar sack. Yes, what did she do to so the teller um, was entertained? So she, well, many things, because she's my mom. And she <laughs> well, she opened her mouth, and yeah, that was amazing. all that really needed to happen. <laughs> and honestly. they love her immediately, like all of us. But she, well, so my dad, to clarify why we had a bunch of coins, my dad was They a, were fortune tellers. We were actually, my, they told secrets. We owned a Zoltar machine. Uh, no, but my dad was a... He worked for the Dallas Morning News, so he had all these newspaper racks. And so people back in the day would put the coin and get the newspaper out. As a kid, I was like, so you just open it up and there's a stack of newspapers. Could you just, like, steal them all? And my dad goes, well, we hope people don't do that. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And do then, you like food, Heather? Yeah. And don't put that idea don't put in that people's either. minds. You know what, though? I don't know how many newspaper racks you all have seen. I don't see very many of them. And it's probably because people did that. So mm. you got to buy them at the store. But we always had all these coins. And my mom would help my dad out. And so she would count them all. And she would put them in these plastic tubes. This thing did not last long, and I'm going to let you, on your end, figure out why, suss out why this product didn't last. But Borden's Dairy, which is a Texas dairy, would sell little plastic tubes about the size of a mini M&M's tube full of cream, (laughs) buttercream. And you were supposed to shake it yourself and make your own butter. (laughs) What? I've never heard of that. What's that guy doing in the back of the bus? He's making his own butter. Don't call the authorities. He's fine. (laughs) He was like, we've been getting calls all over town with these goddamn butter makers. It was like a tiny butter truck. It was like so wild. I've never seen or heard of this. I've got to find one. So people were going wild. They stopped, but they stopped making them. And a friend of ours down the street, her husband worked for the dairy and gave my, and of course my family, she's like, we have all these like empty tubes that used to have butter in them. Like, do you want them? My mom was like, yeah, absolutely. I do. (laughs) And it turns out each butter tube held $10 worth of quarters. And so my mom would count the quarters, fill it up, put the butter tube. But then she took the, you know, you get a canvas sack, like in a cartoon, she would paint scenes on the outside of it. Like a like like, beach scene. Like a beach scene with a flamingo or like a sun with sunglasses. Funny stuff. Like the or like emojis before there yeah, were any. Yeah, it was like a fun, whimsical bag of, bag of coins. And then she would give it to him. And I do remember as a kid going like, why did you do that? And mom's like, oh, it's fun. And I don't want him to lose my bags. Because <laughs> I imagine if you take that bag and then later on a legitimate client comes in and is like, I need to make a withdrawal. We're actually going to, you know, do a business Don't act dealing. like your mom They're wasn't like, a legitimate She was legitimate. Client. The most legitimate. But yeah, you get a business client and they're going, 
uh, yeah, we need our money. And then it comes out with a flamingo on the bag and they're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> so, yeah, also, like, imagine if you're like, oh, I got to count all this change. You're like, well, this is fun though. Yeah, it's fun. I, it's gotta, I get a look at this uh, little son with sunglasses. It's true. Treat. Yeah. You're, they, they have to tump it over into the count, coin counter. And then I remember as a kid going, star? yeah, but I never liked it because it takes some of your money. No, that's, we take it to the bank. They have the coin counters oh, at the do. bank. And then I said, why don't we get one of those? And mom's like, we're poor. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Those are like tens of thousands of dollars. She was like, we ain't a bank. Where are we going to put this? But if you're Mahaley, you're like, I am the bank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two days before her death, Mahaley was still telling fortunes. Then, according to the Atlanta Constitution, a heart attack hit her. I know. R.I.P. She's not really gone, though, is she? Nope. (laughs) Mahaley died on May 22nd, 1955, at the age of 79. On her tombstone read the words, Neither did his brethren believe in him. St. John, 7th chapter, 5th verse. Celestine Sibley, who often wrote of Mahaley in the Atlantic Constitution, summed up her powers, writing, Mahaley was the closest thing to a genuine old-fashioned witch that I ever saw. Rumors swirled after her death that Mahaley's brain was donated to scientists in New York so that they could study what gave her her fantastic gift. Biographer Dot Moore followed these rumors to the truth. The medical examiner who had treated Mahaley's body confirmed it was indeed a rumor. Her remarkable brain remained in her skull and was buried along with her. Except you can purchase her skull from boneroom.com. No, it's not available. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is. They don't name them. So <laughs> you don't know who you're getting. Like, for all like, we know, it's her. This one's got a fun military hat on. <laughs> Atlanta journalist Bob Harrell reported on Mahaley nearly two decades after her death when her tombstone was vandalized. Monsters. Some roustabouts had cracked the stone in half, leaving the top portion upside down beside the bottom. Quoting her tombstone, Harold wondered in his column, Dateline, Georgia, Why such an epitaph when most everybody did believe in Mahaley Lancaster? And that's true. I mean, she chose this. The, neither did his brethren believe in him. The him is capital. She's talking about Jesus. And she's like, people didn't believe Jesus either. Huh. Mic drop, die, <laughs> peace out forever. <laughs> or is it? Or is it? Mm-hmm. And that was one of the scenes in the Johnny Cash movie is they asked June Carter, like, oh, where'd you get that hat? And she's like, the hat belonged to my dead brother. And they go, oh, he died. I'm so sorry. And she goes, it's okay. We still talk. And then walks off. <laughs> <laughs> the story of Mahaley's role in the murder trial of Wilson Turner was so gripping that author Margaret Ann Barnes developed it into the 1977 book Murder in Coweta County. Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash obtained the rights and adapted the book into a movie of the same name in 1983, starring Andy Griffith as John Wallace, Johnny Cash as a sheriff, and June Carter Cash as Mahaley Lancaster. It is $2.99 to rent on Amazon Prime or watch on Tubi for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. We uh, paid the two ninety nine because yeah, we needed it immediately, yeah. and we didn't feel like having like, to sign into a bunch of stuff. It's <laughs> like I can't download an app; I gotta watch it right now. <laughs> go, go, go! It's uh, I mean, if it's you, worth it. It's good. It's a good time. Yeah, <laughs> silly. Yeah, yeah. The story of Mahaley's role in the murder trial of Wilson Turner was. Oh, oh I just read that. Her, you'll that is, is the magic that would have been edited out, but you guys get to hear that. That's the magic of live shows. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But see how quickly we recover? 
and on and when we were recording in studio, we're like, fuck, hold on. <laughs> and then I'm like, and I burp, a nasty burp. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you can mute that later, right? And she's like, yeah, I mean, I'd have to listen to it first. <laughs> yeah, I can, though. The amount of edits when I write them down for Tommy that are just mute one of us burp is more so than funny. a handful. Her legacy as a political firebrand was also studied after her death as well. Nellie Duke is a women's rights historian and activist. She was collecting information on Mahaley's work in the area of women's rights and women in politics for a book on the subject. After working for several years and amassing a large amount of notes and research on the subject, Nellie was ready to start writing. One day in 1995, she received a mysterious phone call from Daytona Beach, Florida, where she knew no one. A strange female voice on the phone told Nellie that Mahaley Lancaster had a message for her. Your booty is just so tight when you get that call. <laughs> it calls and it's like, hi, is this Nellie Duke? And she's like, yeah. And it's like, I'm calling from Daytona Beach. Why? A ghost has a message. <laughs> like, <laughs> Nellie froze, knowing Mahaley had died 40 years earlier. She asked what the message was. The caller said Mahaley was grateful that Nellie chose to focus on her women's rights activism rather than on her business as an oracle. Despite the compliment, Nellie was terrified by the incident (laughs) and went to her study to lock up all of her notes. (laughs) But she's like, I didn't really much want to write the book after that. And it's like, why not? She said you were doing great. You got the thumbs up. Mm -hmm. You got the approval. I think if you're superstitious, you'd be like, but what if, what if I write the whole thing and it gets published and I didn't do a good job because mm. she's watching. Mm-hmm. Mahaley's legacy has inspired creative works too. A band called Mahaley's Grave serves up music fit for the Georgia legend. The band describes itself as Southern Gothic Swing, a circus band of the apocalypse Americana gumbo. <laughs> Just word vomit. Whatever you call it, however you slice it, Mahaley's Grave serves up a raucous good time every time. And I think if you are serving Apocalypse Americana gumbo, you do have to slice it. You cannot use a spoon. (laughs) That's thick. It's thick. It's thick. It's thick. thick. Yeah. The theatrical play flies at the well with music written by local author and historian W. Jeff Bishop tells the story of the Wallace murder trial and Mahaley's role in it. The Newman Theater in Coweta County hosted a production and praised Bishop for his hard work on the show, writing. We discovered that developing a play is like making sausage. You might not want to know what went into it. That was a rough production for them. I was like, well, I'm sorry. (laughs) They put that on the website of the theater. (laughs) Over the years, vandals chipped pieces of Mahaley's gravestone until it was in ruins. Don't worry, they're all cursed now. Dude. (laughs) Eventually, the the church took the remnants of the original stone and put it in the safe hands of the historical society. Visitors leave money, gifts, or letters for the famed seer. Some say if you were to harm the grave or take items, you will suffer a hardship on the way home. Something like car trouble or a spat with your spouse. I like that she's like, I'm going to fuck your day up, but not your life up. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And she's like, and let that be a lesson to you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I imagine those two things are uh, tied together. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Either you're in a fight with your spouse and your car breaks down because you're not paying attention, or you get into a fight because your car broke down and it is hot as hell and somebody's trying to change a tire. It's so hot. It's Mm -hmm. so hot here. 
So hot. <laughs> After all the vandalism, a new stone was erected in its place with a concrete bottom for safety, keeping Mahaley's resting place safe forever. Though she is gone, her impact on the community lives on. Journalist Retta Grimsley wrote in the Atlanta Constitution, She lived from 1875 to 1955, but around these parts is as if she walked yesterday. Also, don't answer your phone, because it might be her. <laughs> She's or do. watching you. Yeah, totally do. I'll answer my phone. Well, so what do we think? I couldn't love We love her so much. More she is an icon. Didn't yes. Round of applause for Mahaley. Oh. Have, have, has any, had anyone heard of her before tonight? Yeah. That is a crime. I know. Right she needs a lawmakers. day. She needs an, a day in Atlanta. At an, or, a, you the know what? State. Give her a month. Give her an entire month. Yeah. I mean, just. May. May. Mahaley May. Mahaley May. Yes. And that was, well, her birthday was in October, which seems also oh, fitting. Oh, that's appropriate. That would be yeah, a fitting I month. think October's more fitting. Give her yeah. October. But yeah, yeah, you have a, a person like this who, I mean, it's a real person that lived, and I think despite, and I think Nellie was right to focus on her women's ag- rights activism, on her, she wanted equality for the races. She let, would see people of all races at her cabin, and she would say, everybody's money's green. She's so like, progressive. <laughs> And they'd be like, well, shouldn't, shouldn't you make like the white people in front of the line? She was like, no, they got here first. So you just keep standing there. And she wanted, like, she delivered babies and realized if she wasn't doing it for free, people were charged a ton of money somewhere else. So I love a person who sees a problem and either does something to fix it or tries to do something to fix it. And then I think whenever she was defeated, you know, politically, she's like, well, I got to lean into what I'm able to make money at. And, you know, buying land, offering her services, uh, you know, to any type of person that wants to come in her mm-hmm. door. I just, man, I'm a big old fan of hers. Oh, yes. Yeah. And that uh, she was working all the sides. Dude, Dude, worked every side. I like, she was she just was very smart. Shrewd. Super smart. Absolutely. Very shrewd, smart, progressive. To be that progressive back then was, um, it's very impressive. Yeah, and her family grew, like, she grew up with nothing. Her family had no money. They built their own cabin in the mid-1800s, which is where she lived up until, I mean, it was falling apart, and that's why she built her own house. And I think growing up with nothing like that and realizing, oh, the people that can make change, the people that are in charge are the people with money and being like, all right, what I got to do? Okay, what am I reading fortunes? It's a dollar ten. <clears throat> Sorry, it's two seventy-five actually. <laughs> And just and willing to help kids in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. A lot of the story is uh, of Dot Moore's book. It's a lot of firsthand accounts of folks being like, well, a, a little boy lived down the street and his dad fell on hard times. And she said, well, you know, if the little kid wants to come over and reshingle my roof, like I'll pay him. I'll find stuff around the house. So the fact she had a ton of money and she kept a lot of it for herself and her sister. And then when her sister passed away, it went to Sally's kid. And she still found ways to give back to the community and, you know, help her neighbors who needed help. Yeah. Love Helping her. old Coop from Coop to Scoop and everybody in between. <laughs> everybody Mahaley was there to help. fortune told and respect from Mahaley Lancaster. Yeah. Yeah. I, we're Mahaley Lancaster stands. So, so yeah. And we hope you all are now too. If y'all, yeah. if I get a tattoo of a skull with an army hat on, you'll know who it is. <laughs> You know what? You know what it is. Yeah, I'm getting 22 dogs, full back piece. <laughs> That's I'm I'm going all in, all different kinds too. You know, yeah. it was all different. And kinds. in in the movie, they show there's probably 10 in one scene, and they were trained. Yeah, all the dogs got up and left. Yeah. She said, "Get on out of here!" And all the dogs jumped up and went out of there. And then Johnny Cash looks at her and is like, mm-hmm. 
I'm a dog. You like dogs? I'll be a dog. Yeah. I, I don't know that it's like a hot take, but I like Johnny Cash to this day. I think he's hot. <laughs> like, even in that movie, he's like older, and I'm like, yeah, he's still handsome. Like he's got some. He's got, I mean, he's got swagger. For yeah, sure. that's Nobody what it is. I think that. it's the swag, and he's wearing a cool hat. And I was like, sheriffs don't wear fedoras. He does. He's like, Johnny Cash uh, wears whatever the hell he wants. I'm surprised it wasn't a black cowboy hat. Quite honestly. I was also a little disappointed. Honestly. I was like, we all know who you are. Just carry it over. Also, it, like Matlock, he just went full Matlock at one point. Yeah, he and like wearing his own jean jacket. I'm like, give him a like a black duster mm-hmm. and like a black cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe that's what the real sheriff wore. I don't know. But that fedora I was like, okay. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, that is the end of our episode, but if you've been to a live show or you've heard a live show, you know that that is not the end of our show. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, round of applause if you are one of our beloved Patreons. Oh, thank you so much, first of all. We love you so much. We sincerely appreciate all of your support. So this is a bit that we do on our Patreon, so all of these people know about it. You probably do, too, because you've probably heard a live show. Um, but I have my gavel. Uh-oh. I travel with my gavel. I left my badge backstage. Oh, no. I well, know. the badge is in the building. That's all that matters. <laughs> so um, she is, she is uh, my trusty bailiff and law clerk. Um, so we're going to ask you in a minute for a grievance, and the only rule is no bummers. Uh, but give us a, a, you know, in a few sentences, a grievance you may have. It can be something with somebody here, or uh, maybe just a societal grievance. And we will ask you a few questions if we need anything, and then we rule on it. And my jurisdiction is global, and my court is you can't appeal anything. Ugh, so. Yeah. All the rulings are final. Um, and Heather usually gets us started with a, uh, a grievance of her own. And I think we have mic stands on in each aisle. Or we will shortly. Or, yeah, so if you, if you have one, so um, have you go ahead up. and you can line up. And we, you know, I don't know how, we can't see shit. We can raise so, the house a little bit, I don't though. Know. There we go, that's Yeah, good. you can leave it down. There we go, that's but, perfect. Um, so we might not be able to get to everybody's. We'll, we'll get to as many as we can. But go ahead and line up in the aisle here, and then yeah, they're going to put mics while we're talking. Yes. Um, and then, Heather, what shall you bring to the court today? Okay, so many of you know I'm married now. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I, at great sacrifice to myself and my family as a Cowboys fan, married an Eagles fan. I know. Or, I don't know as far, I just know Cowboys and the Eagles hate each other. And Falcons just, and Cowboys, everybody hates the Cowboys. Well, so yeah, it's that's probably fair, fair that's to fair, say fair. the Falcon fans also hate them. Are the, Cow- are the, the Eagles and the Falcons aren't in the same conference, I don't oh, think. Oh, so we're no, good? No, so it's, it's a neutral, this is a good neutral group. Safe space. It's a safe space for me to discuss Dallas this. fans, all right. And, I mean, I was born and bred grown up. I mean, my, my dad was the ultimate Cowboys fan and hated, really hated, hated Tom Brady a lot and then second most hated uh hated the Eagles and so and uh Washington but now that we're married we have to kind of give each other shit whenever we trash talk when we watch the games we also trash talk when we go to the games and the last game we went to was in 2019 so pre-pandemic and it was for Paris's birthday and I like did a huge splurge and was like you're not getting another birthday or Christmas gift because these are like crazy cowboy tickets are crazy. So we got Cowboys Eagles tickets, go to the game 
in the, he's wearing his Eagles jersey, I'm wearing my Cowboys jersey, our hats and everything, and the whole time we're like giving each other mad shit, the lady behind us thought it was very cute, because she was, uh, you know, she was just like, oh, y'all are so playful, and we were kind of loud, like, in your face, and you know, everything like that, but the people in front of us were kind of disgusted and hated us, and I don't know, they were wearing kind of neutral clothes, so I'm sure they were Cowboys fans if they were there, but I don't know if they were just irritated that Paris was cheering when the Cowboys did poorly or that I, or just in general. So my question is, is it okay and appropriate, were we in the wrong to loudly heckle one another? <laughs> one another, not even the team. We were You're just heckling one another. And then the freaking giant Cowboys say, they can't hear us anyway, but... To the even if it's a loud, it's a loud football game. It's Everyone's screaming. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like it's a ballet. Everyone's yeah, were yelling. we monsters for yelling pretty aggressive things at each other? Well, how are you like? Fuck you, cocksucker. Yeah. You fucking eagles, cocksucker. Yeah. You know what I mean, eagles do? They suck a cock. No, I would never. Do you know what? how many times fuck you, cocksucker's been said in this theater? In this very Pro- that classy. That might be the first time. Classy velvet seat. Well, I leave my mark wherever I go. So <laughs> no, that. it's great. Were there cuss words exchanged? Not too many, but some. Okay. I can see where. No because- children. There were no children around well, us. but. Other, some adults also don't like to hear that. I'm not one. I just said fucking cocksucker. And so, yeah, but it's room. good that there were no children around because I think that is a different uh, can of worms. I do try to be... Now, now, especially being around your kids or my nieces and stuff, I do try oh, to be cognizant. Uh, <laughs> yeah. When Ella was first learning to talk, I said... Uh, her first word is going to be fuck. And Tommy goes, she'll learn goddamn it way before she learns fuck. <laughs> My sister always goes, ah, oh, shit. And Sydney started going, ah, oh, shit. And then it's they had so this cute, but so you're like, oh, don't, but do, because it's funny. And they had to say, like, you, that's not polite to say that. You need to say shoot. And then out of nowhere, apropos nothing, she went, it's not okay to say, ah, oh, shit. It's more polite to say, oh, shoot. It's just like, oh, I can't tell you not to say that. She's so right. She's yeah. totally right, though. Yeah. So I was not, given my, you know, my relationship to the kids in my life. So, but they were just like. <sighs> so were they cheering when the, a team would score? They were kind of like golf clapping everything. Like their lack of enthusiasm is my problem. No. Like, I'm really happy right now. Me too. I'm glad we came. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Everyone enjoys things differently. That's true. It's true. Maybe yeah. they were having the time of their lives. Yeah. Um, so your, your grievances. My grievances with them, they made me feel guilty for having fun at a Cowboys game. And even though I, I want to not provi- provide a biased account of this, the fun was boisterous. <laughs> so I can see both sides to this. Because because like a good judge, you guys. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess I guess that's true. Eventually, they do have to rule, though. So. Uh-oh. Um, but uh, because I think everyone, if first of all, I know what you pay for those tickets, so yell cocksucker as much as you want <laughs> because they were not cheap. Um, so, but also, like, they, if they are, like, we also paid a lot for these seats, true. and we're going to enjoy this. I am one. I would not be giving dirty looks. Mm. But internally, I would be like, I really wish these people would shut the fuck up that are behind me <laughs> yelling just because um, I don't like yelling. You know, it's it doesn't matter. I, I know. That's why I don't go to football games. Okay, I don't want to have a lot of yelling around me. I watch it in my home and just, yeah, I, I yell enough. I don't need to hear it from other people. <laughs> if I want to hear somebody yell, I'll just listen to myself. 
So I get it, but um, uh, if you didn't let it affect you, then you, you know, if you, if that's how you express your fun, then go for it. I don't know. That's a good question because at what point, if your fun is impeding on someone else's fun, I guess it's a moral question you got to ask yourself of like, how do I want to like not be the person that maybe like ruins something for somebody, but I'm having fun? Or do I want to temper it back so we're all having fun? Well, I'm a a Cowboys fan, so I hate the Eagles more than anything, even decency and kindness. (laughs) So, So therefore, we're a disgusting breed, Cowboys fans, but proudly I am. So, yeah, I mean, I just, it's one of those where I was just thinking about grievances being in public, whatever, and I remember that happening, and I was like, oh, they were just kind of, like I said, if I had ruined their time, I imagine they would have left, or maybe not. Or would have turned around and been like, would you? Also, it's not like if. If they let you ruin their time, then that's their problem. That's like, true. You know what I mean? Like, same, vice versa. We're like, all in charge of our own, our own fates. Do and yeah, and uh, whatever makes you happy. So, you. I think at a cow, I think at a football game, yelling is expected. Thank you. And uh, you know, like, uh, what is it called when you like raz each other? Heckling. Ra- yeah, or, uh, raz. But there's another word I was looking for. Rib. Rib. Heckling? Rib. Ironically, when someone screams out, heckling. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think that that's an environment that it's not, like, unexpected. Now, if you go to the movies and you're like, I fucking told you Samuel L. Jackson sucks shit. Never. And then, like... First of all, if someone says that in the movie, you're legally allowed to turn around and punch him in the mouth. (laughs) And you're like, I'm sorry, it's the law. But if you yell, Samuel L. Jackson sucks shit. Samuel L. Jackson appears out of nowhere and punches you in the face himself it's like a beetlejuice situation if you yell that so like if you're in an, an environment where it's expected to be like that then yeah i think you have a right to to do that thank you your honor i would say you know because i've been at sporting events with children where drunk people oh, are like man. fuck you whatever they're Tom Brady. yeah and you're like good lord god we're like my child's here also it's always tom brady but oh, then i'm like it's it's fine Fuck you, Tom Brady, is what we say in this house. It's fine. <laughs> that is why, I feel like if it was how, anyone else. <laughs> so um, I think I can see both sides, but I'm going to say that you were in the you were uh, in the not in the wrong Thank for you. cheering the way you wish to cheer. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank Final you. Final rule. I will absolve myself of guilt. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. If we have grievances, we'll go back and forth. We'll alternate. So um, we'll start with this psych, just because I'm well, right-handed no and that's what there. I picked. So. Uh, tell us your name and your pronouns, please. There's no one. There's no one. Oh, the there's no one there? No, this is a microphone. Okay. Okay, now we have someone. We're going to go. Oh, okay. I thought that the microphone was back there. No. I can't I was see like, anything. This is where I'm like, Christy is a powerful witch and a psychic because I was like, there's a spirit. It's Mahaley. She's at the mic and I don't see it. I don't see it at all. Um. Thank, Thank you, you so much. What are, what's your name and pronouns? Uh, I'm Abby. She, her. Hi, Alvy. Abby. Abby. <laughs> Sorry. Abby. <laughs> Alvy's a cool name, though. Alvy's if you want to change it, I mean, that's cool. <laughs> Abby. Thank you. So, basically, I went on a date with this girl uh, at a park, and I ordered food for us, and on the date, she broke up with me, and <laughs> I still had to drive her home. Oh! oh. So wait, she broke up with you after the check was paid or the, the food was purchased? Yeah. Ugh. How many dates had y'all been on? One. That was the first that date. That was the first date? Yeah. So did you sh- break up with somebody on a first date? <laughs> well, I mean, you oh, said, did like, she say, I, I'm not interested in seeing you again? Yeah, basically. Okay. 
And she didn't even throw down 50% or get herself an Uber? No. Well, why would you call Uber Eats or an Uber car when you could just go on a date with someone? What a slime ball. <laughs> right? Who's just, put her on the phone right now. <laughs> Here's the thing. Sometimes things don't work out. Arrange your own transportation, huh? Yeah. <laughs> How had she gotten there? I picked her up. Oh, wow. That's a bold move on a first date. We were recently having this conversation of... At what point in a, a dating situation do you start, like, um, having somebody pick you up and not meeting somewhere so you can have it out if you need one? Well, we had gone to school together. Oh, you so knew, knew each, each other, other yeah. previously? Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense that you would ride together then. For sure. So what is your specific grievance? I just, I don't know what I should have done instead. Because I couldn't just leave her there. Do a Venmo request Could for 50% of the food. <laughs> I mean, it and then charge her the IRS limit of 56 cents per mile for a reimbursement for the ride home. You didn't meet on a deserted island. You could have left her there, and she could have found her own way home, I imagine. She's got a phone. You can call Uber. Yeah, you want to date in a park. There's so it's public transit. Yeah. Did you ask after... Huh? There's not public transit. There's no oh, public transit. never mind. She got a pair of feet and probably she, another yeah, friend, a person she walked. knows. Um, did you offer to drive her home or was she like, so can you give me a ride? I think it was just kind of implied. Implied. She never ask, like, so are we like still good to drive me home or? Yeah. She didn't say that? No. So she, so you, you get the food, you pick her up, mm-hmm. you go to the place, you finish eating. Then she gives you the old ax. Yeah. And then, you, she, then it's like, well, it's time to go. And then she just walks around the passenger side and starts fiddling with the handle. Yeah. Dang. I mean, what I would have done is I would have charged her on Venmo. I would have sent her a charge. Like, Christy requests $52. And then I would have put a car emoji and a a sandwich or whatever. So she knows what it's for. And maybe a middle finger. Because, yeah, I, I think, and I was just recently telling Heather this. I didn't really date in my life, which is a weird thing maybe to say, but like, I didn't go on, did somebody applaud? (laughs) Thank you. Um, Because I always just like was friends with people and then that would evolve into like a romantic relationship. And also I don't like awkward things. And I was always like, kill me. I can't do a first date. That's so awkward for me. Um, Although Tommy and I did, well, did we date? I mean, we eventually dated, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we weren't, I get, we were friends first too. Yeah. So, but if I had gone on a first date and even if I knew the person and then decided I didn't want to continue dating them, I would offer to pay for half of the food for sure. Yeah. And I also would not have wanted to ride back with them. So I would have either called a friend or called Uber or something. Yeah. On me and Paris's first date, we each paid for our own beer. Mm -hmm. And then on our second date, we went to drinks and I got the first round of drinks and then he got dinner. That's good. I like it. it was equitable. And I was like, yeah, I'm a rich lawyer in your face. (laughs) Movie guy. No, I'm kidding. But no, we split it. I thought it was equitable and like less weird. I don't know, but everybody's different. Some people, you know, there's an expectation or a discussion, but at the end of the day, I think you're entitled to compensation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you spoken since? Briefly. And you were like, where's my money? <laughs> <laughs> I 
What was, what, what was the conversation? Or unless you don't want to share and you don't have to. No, she was more of like, hey, you want to hang out again? You were like, why? Are you hungry? You need to go somewhere, right? She was like, do you know where we should go on a date? Like the airport at like 10.30 tomorrow when my flight takes off. Um, yeah, I'd love to go to a, on a date. Um, do you know where Saks Fifth Avenue is? We can just meet there. Um, so she is interested. I don't know. Well, this is how you find out, and you get a free meal, is you go on a second date. But you make, she has to pay. What do you, what do you do? I'll be like, I forgot my wallet. Oh, yeah, yeah. On purpose, because you owe me a meal. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I would say, meet there. Yeah. Because if it doesn't go well, you don't want a second round of that car ride. And in a fun way, if you meet at the place, first of all, you're off the hook for uh, the ride. But then when you sit down to eat, you go, uh, it's your treat, right? Since I did the last one. Mm-hmm. Set it Set up it in up advance. Up and if they're like, yeah. no, you're paying this, you'd be like, oh, okay, well, I got to go. So. Yeah. Hit it. Or even establish that before you go. True. So it's like everyone's on the same page. Yeah. Like, right, oh, that's you, right. You do, do you like her? Do you like her? At this point, I'm not sure. Well, then I say go on a second. I, my, I, I remember somebody always told me try everything twice because... <laughs> And it was about food, and then the second part was because you may have eaten a bad one the first time. So it applies to everything. It can apply to everything. You know what? It's hard to hide a cow. So uh, it's hard to hide a cow. It's hard to hide a cow. I think go on a second second date so you know how you feel and you get it's equal. True. Yes. Final ruling. Thank you so much, Abby. Thank you. Good luck. Good, best of luck. Do we have someone over yes, we here? Do. We do. Hello, hello. hello. What is your name and pronouns? Hey, my name's Lindsay. She, her. Hi, Lindsay. Hello, hello. So my boyfriend and I of almost six years are moving in together. Um, Congrats. And I really want to get a dog. Okay. But I'm, I don't want to get a dog right now because I'm in law school and that's hard and mm-hmm. I don't have time to take care of a dog and I need a yard, you know? But when we get this dog, and I want a really big dog, like German Shepherd, Husky, you know, I want to name it Nugget. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Nickname Nugs. And he says no because it's going to get made fun of at the dog park. He's here, by the way. He's here? (laughs) He's here. By other dogs or by the owners? (laughs) Dogs are viciously mean about names. It's like, no thanks. What? It, why is that a make fun of name? That's what I'm saying. I, I think, think Nugs nuggets. is a very cute nickname. There, it's very cute. Oh, so it's just the Nugs? No, I mean, oh, it'd be, it be Nuggets nickname Nugs. Nuggets is to he, Nugs. Is he partial to a different name? Sir? <laughs> you have been called upon. Not necessarily? Not necessarily? You okay. just don't like Nugget. It's a big dog. That's what I nugget. thought. He said That's it's a big dog. That's what I thought. Dog. I was like, I bet he doesn't. He wants like Brutus or something. Like <laughs> Nugget is like a little tiny like Cocker Spaniel or a tiny Chihuahua or something like that. I think it's funny when big dogs have little dog names. That's what I'm and saying. And vice versa. That's what I'm saying. I think yeah. it's funny. I, uh, why do you want to name a dog before you have it? <laughs> That's a genuine question. Genuine question. I mean, I've wanted one for a while, so I've thought about it. I this. had my kids' you know, names like, picked out first. Well, 
I feel like a dog, it exists, I guess unless it's a puppy, sort of exists and has a life before you. And then um, when you meet it, you go, well, I don't think that name quite fits. And Here's another that. name that fits. Like I got Buffy, who is a, she's an American Staffordshire and Pitbull Terrier. <laughs> and you, you can use uh, code creepy for 20% off your Embark DNA Doggy test. Doggy DNA test, absolutely. And she, because they told me at the at the dog pound that she was a hound dog, because they, I, I was like, I'll buy her anywhere, not buy her, she was free. She was on giveaway a dog day, so you get what you pay for, it's great. Uh, but she was named Rihanna. <laughs> oh no, she's not a Rihanna. No, when you look at her face, no. she's like, huh? Yeah. And she's blonde, and she's tough, and she goes on runs with me, and yeah, so I Buffy's named her better. Buffy, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, because... She, I'm like, she's a rawhide slayer and a squirrel slayer. And like, so I didn't think I'm going to get a dog and name it Buffy. I was like, I'm going to get a dog. And I was like, I'm not going to go in the neighborhood and be like, Rihanna. <laughs> and they're like, that lady down there is a huge fan of Rihanna. She just screams her name all the time. So maybe the compromise could be y'all could say nuggets on the table, but not guaranteed. And when you meet the dog and the dog is all up in his face and like licking his face and they're cuddling and snuggling and you'd be like, Oh, look at this sweet nugget. And then he'll be like, it is a nugget. And he'll love it so much. And also, you get what you want anyway, this, um, before you do this, go to McDonald's and get like 30 nuggets mm-hmm. And just be like, oh, look, I got us dinner. And then, like, subliminally, he's, mm-hmm. like, has nuggets on the brain. And so then it just, you know. You take your money out of your 401k, put it in gold, nuggets. And you'd be like, oh, my God, isn't this so precious, our life savings? And he's like, yeah, nuggets are precious. Mm-hmm. You're going to get in his head. He's here. These tricks won't work. <laughs> yeah. no. They were good ideas. So for anyone listening at home. I like the compromise because yeah. I think picking out a name ahead of time, if, you're, if you love a name, but I also think you might find that dog and then be like, Nugget isn't you. So Nugget's on the table, but if Nugget doesn't work, don't shoehorn Nugget. Also, you never call your dogs by their names. No. My dog's name is Lucy, and we call her Goose. I've so. forgotten my dog's real name yeah. because we don't use them. So you, like, even if he's like, we're going with Rex, you're like, here, Nugget. Yeah. Isn't that a cute nickname I made up for Rex? Is Nugget? So, like, you can make up any. And you're like, you it's Nugasaurus Rex. You can. <laughs> That's good. You can Nugasaurus Rex is good. Uh, yes. And um, make sure you DM us pictures and good luck in law school. Good luck in law school. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Do Mahaley proud. All right. Hello. Uh, my name is Jessica. Hi, she, her. Hi, hello, Jessica. Hello. Um, my Are you wearing a Mothman shirt? I am. My Woo! friend Jen Thank designed you. it. Thank you. <laughs> Your friend that's here made it? No, she's not. Saucy Tees won on it. Oh, Thank you. Yes. Give her a shout out. Um, so I went back and forth between this and my Keep It Creepy shirt, and I was like, you never wear the band merchandise to the I show, do. so I can't wear that. Yeah, Heather had on her own shirt, and I made her change. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, one thing, you salt the salsa if everybody else doesn't want the chips salted you salt your own salsa cup oh thank you um also i got married on the same day as heather in paris what's up march 19th lucky Uh, day my husband is here my grievance is with him shocking Uh (laughs) shout out and it's about you so Uh get excited uh christ this is a first (laughs) atlanta um we're not from here we're from missouri we drove 10 hours (gasps) to get here today shut up yeah Shout oh out. my gosh! 
That's I, longer than we drove to get I'm, here. We also drove Tennessee, Georgia, Tennessee, Georgia. Right? And you're like, wow. oh, well, thank you so much. I'm channeling Mahaley because I think I know how this is going to go, but I just oh, need God. to prove that I am correct. So, <laughs> you're, I get really it. Just, you're really just pawns. <laughs> I love this. I know. You know be, what? As so, a person who loves to be right, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> we did not purchase VIP tickets for today's show. Okay. We purchased normal tickets. Okay. Because we're trying to save money. We're both going back to school for a master's program. We want to have Congrats. kids, whatever. Um, whatever. whatever. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Life-changing decisions. <laughs> but... If you're going to drive 10 hours, you want the once-in-a-lifetime experience. <laughs> you get bumped up to VIP. Yes, right. you can have yes. VIP. Well, no, I don't want that. That's oh, not what okay. I'm saying. Okay. Oh. I want you to tell my husband yes. that we should have paid for VIP. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Or he's like, or you get up there when you have the microphone <laughs> and you tell them our sob story and they're probably just going to give you VIP tickets. And then we don't have to pay for him. I literally sat there and I was like, are you going to divorce me if I get up there and ask about this? Because I really... You're just but trying to front him out. We've only been married for like two and a half months. And I'm yeah. like, every trip is like a once in a lifetime trip, right? So we should... Splurge. Unless you go back somewhere, but yeah. 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 The first stop... You know what you got? You'd be like, we could die tomorrow. Yes. Thank you, Heather. Sure. We all could. The first stop on our honeymoon... Yes. ...was the College Football Hall of Fame here in Atlanta... That seemed pointed. Did you want to looked you dead in the eyes to say that? Did you want to go to it real bad, or was that? I did not. No, he didn't. He also got into an argument with a docent while we were there about University of Missouri Columbia scores. I don't know. He was like, "You need to update." By the way, (laughs) this is way off. I'm delaying the book on my Kindle, and the next thing I know, he's arguing with a docent off in the corner, and I'm like, "What's going on?" Oh no. Um, I'm just saying, like, we listen. We have a three-hour commute every day. We drive an hour and a half each way. We listen to your podcast. You're in the car a lot. My gosh. Yeah, ten hours was nothing. We listened to the Will Smith audiobook on the way here. It was great. Um. (laughs) <laughs> he wrote the book before he st- yeah he <laughs> did, did write the book before <laughs> but I'm just saying that is a different grievance that we <laughs> don't want to today that's a societal grievance this one's with my husband um <laughs> I uh I'm going to say that you uh bump them up to VIP wait only bump her up to VIP uh oh yeah he can watch from the back you can watch and film from the back. Thank you. Yes, yes. Oh, um, hello. I, hello. Hi. Hi, what's your name and pronouns? I'm Michelle. Uh, she, her, they. Hi, Michelle. Hey. I love Hi. your glasses. Uh, thank you very much. They were very inexpensive. Oh, that's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> I love them even more. Um, so, first of all, my mother's first word was shit. <laughs> nice. nice. So that's a fun family. It's story. an easy one to say. Yeah, and even her, for her babies, it feels good. To her, much to her mother's grievance. <laughs> but uh, my grievance is with my current roommate. Okay. Um, I bought him with his consent a dog for his birthday. Another dog. Um, in October. Mm-hmm. And we've been co-parenting this dog for that whole time. Is its name Nugget? Its name is its name is Bourbon. Oh, Bourbon. that's cute. I like that. Yeah. Um, wonderful dog, high energy, but fully at the point where he can be on his own. Mm-hmm. And my, I work from home most of the time, but I travel a lot. Mm-hmm. And my roommate works from an office sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
And when I need to go or want to go out of town, it's a kind of an offense to him that I'm oh. not there to be there to take care of the dog. Oh, the presumed dog sitter needs right. to take a trip. Mm. You're like, it's your dog. Yeah. So is your grievance, is he in the wrong? Right. Like, should I, should I, and I am in the, in the wrong? No. Him? Wait, so is, is he dog? expecting you just to take care of the dog during the, the day because you would be there like normally working? Right, but if I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to my family's lake house or, oh, I need to go work in Atlanta or, oh, I need to go visit my girlfriend. Yeah, you have every right to do that. You didn't agree to give your whole life up no. just because he wanted a dog and that you were fact, kind enough to give him. Isn't it technically his dog? It's his dog. Then mm-hmm. it's his responsibility to find doggy care when you aren't there. Yeah, for sure. Right. You are, uh, you're doing, like, you're, I feel like you're going above and beyond to take care of the dog while you're working from home and stuff. You strike me as a very kind person. Mm-hmm. And Level as headed. a maybe less kind person, personally myself, I like to say declare things and say statements <laughs> versus like if it's something that it's a boundary for me I wouldn't be like would it maybe be possible is it okay for me to go to the lake house it would be like I will be at my parents lake house this weekend I will be leaving at three I have to work that out like hey I, I, I'll like mow the lawn before I leave so oh cause you feel like you have to like go. do something yeah. no. you feel like you have to make it up to someone to have a good time no you're entitled yeah. to a good time anytime yeah uh, Yes. No. If you need anyone's permission, which I don't think any of us do, you got ours. Yes. No, yeah. That's that's his problem. Like, you know, most people don't have a built-in dog sitter. They figure it out. Also, what if it can be left at home, just can't it be left at home while he's at work? It should be able to be. Yeah, he's yeah. fine. He would be fine. Does your roommate have a major credit or debit card? If yeah. no, that's a different st- story. Yeah. But if yes, sign up for Rover or WAG or yeah, Favor like a, or not you. Yeah. Go he can on pay the, for it. If he has the Google machine, look up dog daycares near me yep. and set up an appointment. So that sounds like a him problem. Not don't a feel problem. guilty. Have, no. Don't let the love of your sh- roommate's dog prevent you from having He's your own life. Dog. I do love that dog. Yeah, well, I, I'm sure no, you do. Yes. Not 24-7. Yes, yes, everybody needs a break, and you, you deserve, deserve one. Do not feel guilty. Final ruling. Boom. Boom. Hello. 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 We're on this side now. Hi. Hi. Hello, what's your name and pronouns? I'm Chloe, and Hi. she, her. Hi, Hi Chloe. Chloe. What's up? Hi. First of all, I'm so happy to be here. My We're best friend and I have listened to you guys for several years. Oh, and we thank actually you. have matching friendship bracelets that say the devil rules the airwaves. Oh, I love that. Yes. Thank you. Um, so my grievance is about a trip that I recently took. Okay. I have this group of friends that we do a yearly annual beach vacation. Mm-hmm. And prior to going down this year, my friend has started dating a new guy. Well, it just so happened that the weekend we were going down, it was also his birthday. So I knew that we had one day that was going to kind of be, you know, dedicated to birthday events, but I took off work and used my vacation hours and drove over 12 hours to go down for this beach trip, and I did not have fun the entire time because the entire vacation was made about his birthday. Um, So obviously, you know, I'm from here. We don't have, like, 
really cool, nice beaches close, right? So I drove all the way down to Destin. Uh-huh. The Redneck Riviera. Yes. All, all year, I There were forward. signs when I was there. I'm not calling yeah. it that myself. <laughs> what did you say? It's called the Redneck Riviera? Yeah. This, what, so Atlanta Destin? is? Destin? Oh, I was like, where's the Riviera? So, yeah, Destin. I've been to Destin. That's an appropriate title. Yeah, so all year long, I look forward to, like, going down there and being on the beach and, like, hanging out with my girls and doing girl stuff. Were and other guys there? It was just her boyfriend. How many girls? Three. So Whoa. three plus you? Uh, yes. Okay, so you, the girl, her boyfriend, another girl? Yeah. And all of y'all had to just celebrate him? Yeah, and I kept saying stuff like, hey, guys, I'm like, I'm not having fun. I'm uncomfortable. Good like, for you. Good. Really? That's good that you I, were honest. I even offered to pay because he really wanted to go on the boat. So I was like, oh, you know, I'll pay for us to go on the boat together. Like, I'll do something for his birthday. Um, but that was supposed to just be one day. That's very kind of you. That's well, really nice. I was just trying to be nice. But <laughs> well, I didn't give a fuck about his birthday. With, there's nothing so, wrong with trying to be nice. He couldn't drive, which, whatever. But because of... He had a DUI. Oh. Okay. So, well, we all people make mistakes. Yeah, people, like, that but not, also, but, don't mess with my yeah. beach trip. But don't, be, don't mess with my beach trip, bitch. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't, so, I love you your, should have I had love, t-shirts yeah. made that you all wore that said that. Don't mess yeah. with my beach trip, bitch. bitch? I just yeah. really love your voice in general. And then to be like, oh. <laughs> like yeah. no, because what the heck, Wait, man? did you say I'm uncomfortable? I'm not having yeah, fun to, like, to your friend that yeah. had the... I was like, hey, you know, I'm really like... I'm just kind of exhausted. Like, I'm not having fun. I kept expressing that I wanted to do all these different things. I'm like, I want to go dance on the bar mm-hmm. at Coyote Ugly. Yeah. It's bike Hell week. Yeah. I'm trying to ride on the back of a bike. I'm like, you're, you're trying week? to fucking yeah. live your life. Thank you. I'm like, man, I can't wait to go to the beach. We're going to go to the beach. Do you know that we didn't go to the beach once? <gasps> what else do you do I in Destin? How many Apparently times do you have to see Happy Busters? You went to David Busters? So he, the whole weekend, just pulled the birthday card? Yeah, and I kept being like, man, I want to go to Coyote Ugly. I want to go eat here. I want to go do this. Could you and the other girl have just split off? I tried to. She wouldn't. So question. The other girl wouldn't? Yeah, it was kind of a thing like, oh, well, he doesn't want to do that, so we can't go do that. I'm sorry, Prince birthday No, but what about the the other girl that didn't have the boyfriend? She was like just kind of there. God damn it. Bump on a you gotta take a pick a side. Pick a side. She was just trying to keep the peace. So what would your what would your the girl that had the boyfriend, was she just like, Well, I'm sorry, he wants to it's his birthday. Yeah, yeah. like I was like, Man, I can't wait to go on the beach. Like I wanna get in the water. I'm trying to play dolphins. I'm trying to I have yet to get over it. That you went on a beach trip and didn't go to the beach. This is the worst part. I I said, Why didn't we go to the beach? Guess what? Her boyfriend doesn't like the beach. Then, then don't come on beach? this trip, why dildo. I don't know why I just called him a dildo. He's a fucking dildo. <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. So you said it was a weekend beach trip. What days of the week did you go? But I went down there Thursday, and Thursday? I was supposed to stay until Tuesday. Okay. I ended up leaving Sunday because I just felt so, like, unhappy oh. Oh, and just I'm so, so much, like, my needs were not met the entire weekend. And despite me, like explicitly saying, I'm not having fun. I want yeah. to go do this. We haven't done this. Mm-hmm. It was just ignored. So of all those days, there were six whole days. It was planned, four completed. How many days were his birthday? Because it wasn't all of them. Because we day. all only have one yeah. day. His <laughs> actual birthday was on Saturday. So activities were supposed to be on Sunday. And it just ended up being the entire time. Also, he lived 30 minutes away. So like once again, he had DUI. He couldn't drive. We had to drive him 
back and forth. Yeah. So we did that like multiple I times. Hate this he guy. lived 30 minutes from Destin? Yeah, he lives like out of the way. Like we had to drive all the way down. Okay. It was terrible. Like, hate I it. Hate all the this. Car. Uh, my, my ruling here is threefold. Yeah. Um, so basically, my grievance is I did not have my toes in the water. I did not have my ass in the sand. This is a closing argument. I had every worry in the world. No cold beer in my hand. Those are your rights as a God-given that American. That is my rights as a In the Redneck Riviera. Everyone that enters the Redneck Riviera is granted those rights. It's like when you get off the plane, they hand you the beer in a koozie that says... that. I'm Fuck me up, fam. You, I think, what you got to do is you and non-boyfriend girl need another girl's trip correct that in you know it sucks because you already paid and took off time and yep. work and stuff you're entitled to compensation i think you're entitled to compensation venmo request them i think you <laughs> send a venmo request and it's just a peach because that's your ass um a beach because that's you wanted your ass in the sand <laughs> Uh, what else? You, you wanted to Cold ride beers? a motorcycle? I, I, wanted, I wanted to ride a motorcycle. I wanted to dance on the bar at Coyote Ugly. I wanted to ride the mechanical bull. I think what is in the bucket list? Week. It was five thousand dollars. What are we saying? Bike week only $5, comes $5. once. A million dollars. A million dollars. Final Thank ruling. You. Venmo charger. Million dollars. A million dollars. Bike week Thank is once guys. in a lifetime. All right. Hello. All right, we're going to the other side. My name is Tyler. He, him. Hi, Hello, Tyler. Tyler. I'm from Patreon. So, so are you Tyler Schwartz? Yes, I am. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge I'm fan. You, Tyler. Huge this fan. isn't a bit. Tyler Dude, is very no. funny in all <laughs> of our funny. lives and is great in the chat. So I know this segment very well. Yes. I never thought I would be up here because I'm so non-confrontational. Like, you could spit in my face and I would apologize to you. <laughs> no. If somebody um, spits in your so face, you tell us and we'll beat their ass. <laughs> you got it. But Heather's grievance kind of brought me back four years ago to an incident that um, me and my friend Nicole, we actually have a moniker now, we're called the front row assholes uh, from this incident. And um, it's kind of like an inside joke and we joke about it, but you know, now I'm like, you know what, fuck these guys. So four years ago, we went to a concert, Casey Musgraves at the Tabernacle, mm-hmm. which, so the Tabernacle is a venue here. It's like an old cathedral that was repurposed as like a concert venue. So it's really old and um, probably very we, beautiful and cool. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. But um, also very sketchy because if you get on the floor, you hear it creak when you're jumping around. <laughs> you're like, uh-oh. Yeah, you're like, one heavy bass and I'm through this damn floor right now. Um, so anyway, there's no like elevators in this venue to get to the top. And we bought our tickets really late. So we were like nosebleed, third balcony level. Um, we were in like the front row in our box section. So since it's also an old venue, they have, like, actual people working the spotlights in, mm-hmm. like, a bucket. Mm-hmm. A bucket? I was, like yeah, it's like, it? it was literally like a bucket. This guy was just sitting there and doing, Oh, yeah. oh, yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I was right behind that said bucket. Mm-hmm. This is all context. No, so I love it. we're, you know, at a concert. Everybody in the venue standing and having a good time. You know, Casey Musgraves is a great country concert, you know, having Woo! a good old time. Well, about halfway through her set, we hear behind us, hey, fuckers, why don't you sit down in the front row? <gasps> and I Casey at, Musgrave at show. Casey <laughs> so I look, at, I look at Nicole. It was me and her and then two other strangers we didn't know. And I look at her and I was like, are, are 
are they talking to us? And she's wow. like, I, I mean, we're the only people in the front row besides these guys. So you're like, which talking, is, like, it's, there's a one in four chance they're yeah. talking to us. So I'm like, I mean, everybody else is standing here. So we didn't think anything of it. So we just kept standing a couple songs later. This, girl, this girl's boyfriend, the one that yelled at <gasps> Not us. Not a girl's boyfriend. God damn, the worst. Came down to like our row and like was literally stomping his feet and he was like, sit the fuck down. <gasps> like so bad, we had to tell the guy in the bucket. The bucket man. Um, you we were like, like, listen, this dude is about to like beat our ass. Can you do something about this? Use your bucket as yeah. protection. So um, Wield it. He was like, if it gets any worse, like, we'll do something. I'm like, all right. So they What did you kept... say when the man confronted you? Well, so they actually, when he confronted us, he was, like, on the... The stranger's so side. It was, like, the two strangers were, like, were there. What? Uh-huh. We were that far apart. So he was, like, on their like side. about six feet or so apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, they were the ones who mainly had to deal with that, oh. but... So anyway, they kept just like heck. It was a. Did uh, you sit down? No. Good. Oh yeah. As you so, shouldn't. It's a concert. They no. Yeah. They and we like okay. So like I said, no elevators. So you have to be able-bodied to get up to that third level. Right. Like, it's I'm not ableist. So like if they had you know accessibility issues, mm-hmm. of course I would sit down. I wouldn't care. You like had to walk your sorry ass up these sorry. stairs. Right. How many, were they directly behind you? No, they were like... So there were a lot of other people standing in their way as well? Apparently, so like, there were like empty chairs, like oh. behind, in the rows behind us, and they were like oh. a couple up. So you were the only one in blocking their view in their yeah, opinion? Yeah, essentially. Well, so, that's their problem. He don't work there. No. Yeah. No, so, he well, doesn't, I don't think, or he probably would have better seats. No. He probably would have told you, sir, yeah. could you please? I don't VIP. think they're like allowed to curse you or call you a fucker. I don't yeah. know, though. The docents here can tell us the... Our nice assistants. So anyway, they kept heckling us the whole time. We never sat down. We were just like, whatever, you know, just let him do it. We're, in, you know, enjoying it, whatever. Well, so at the very end of the show, we're, like, walking back to our car, and they <gasps> saw us. In their, they were in an Uber. They saw us, and this girl stuck her head out, the girlfriend, stuck her head out the window, and she screams, hey, front row assholes, fuck you. Like I said, at a I'm, Casey Musgrave. <laughs> of all places. I'm so non-confrontational. I never, like, usually I just let it roll on back. I had, like, righteous indignation in that moment. As you should. And I screamed yeah. back across the street while yeah. she was sticking her head out the window. I screamed. I said, why don't you actually respect the artist and stand, you bitch? What? Wow. Oh, yeah. So, I, judge, judge. My question is, am I indeed a front row asshole and should I have sat or am I? No, I think if you are at a concert, again, it's everybody paid to be there. Mm-hmm. You didn't pay more than somebody else. And even if you did, you can't tell them how to have fun or enjoy their time. Thank you. Like, uh-huh. that's not, you. unless there was a everybody sits rule that was announced at the beginning of the show. And everybody was standing. And it's like, assumed except, yeah. you're going to stand at a concert. Like, and if you don't want to, then save up. 
and get a front row ticket. Right, and then where, you can sit. Where no one's in front of you, and then you can, and if you dare yell at Casey Musgraves to sit down, then... Oh, no, she'd have So, God, God help you. No, you're not an asshole at all, and they, um, they sound like miserable people that probably are self-entitled and act that way everywhere they go. He's a monster for not standing. Like, mm-hmm. it, you, we stand for a lot of stuff. We stand for the national anthem, and we stand for Casey Musgraves. I mean. We stand for... <laughs> But it's, I think you're absolutely, you were in the right. You were in the right. And you know what? When someone screams at me in the street, I'll scream right back. Yeah, yeah. If somebody opens that, that door, you step right in mm-hmm. if you want to. You're fully entitled. Final rule, like, first of all, even if I thought you were an asshole, I'd say you're not an asshole because I love you from our Patreon <laughs> chats. But you're definitely not an asshole. For sure 100%. not. For sure not. Great. Respect the Musgraves. I think we're going to cut it off. We have two more standing here, and I think y'all will be our last one. Okay, yeah, perfect. Yep. Hi. Are you a, a double yeah. grievance? We're dual. So We've never we had have this. grievances with ourselves. <gasps> oh, <okay. actually. gasps> oh, what are your names? I'm Candace. Candace. I'm Deanna. Candace and Hannah. Deanna. 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 Yes. I'm sorry. So I... we have a podcast. Okay. Is this? Do you want to get bumped up to the VIP? No. Is this one? Do you want to plug I'm your not show? Say, yeah, no. I'm not saying no. But that's not what we're here for. So basically, we're seeking professional advice slash we have a grievance with ourselves. Okay. We have so much fun doing our podcast. Um, we're basically wondering, should we just continue to do it despite the amount of downloads? <laughs> what are your downloads? <laughs> like 150-ish. Okay. How long have you been doing it? We started in quarantine, like, October 2020. Okay. Uh, And we have some... We're, like, middle school best friends, so we just have so much to talk about. What's the name of your podcast? Go ahead and plug it. It's called No Fucking Way. Okay. What is the premise? So we kind of talk about anything that's just shocking, disturbing. I mean, UFOs, lobotomies, true crime, murder. Anything that makes you say no fucking way, basically. Got it. So we're just wondering, should we keep going since we enjoy it Mm -hmm. or just cut it off because there's trillions of and we'll never do a show like this. Well, basically. first of all, don't say that because we never thought we'd be doing a show like I this. I did. I predicted this. And so, <laughs> I'm a seer. I'm kidding. I did not. I did not. Um, so don't sell yourself no. short. What I would say is regardless of what you decide to do, you don't have to stop your no fucking way conversations between the two of you oh, because yeah, that's why you started sure doing it. You love it. <laughs> So, like, even if you don't record it for others to hear, like, still do that, you know? I would say any good art is should be done for the sake of doing it Mm -hmm. and not with a focus on the outline Mm -hmm. or the outcome. So if you're outcome focused, the art underlying art will suffer and it will be whatever it is. And so if right now you find great joy in doing it, you're going to have a great product like I'm sure you do because the joy is in it. A, if you have no joy in doing it, you're like, God, I want to fucking record this, and then I got to edit right. it, then I got to upload it. If you don't want to do that, don't do that. And like right. Christy said, still go enjoy. To a, go to a bar and have those Exactly, and have fun or whatever. <laughs> but if you do enjoy the process and you do enjoy creating it, you should focus mostly on the process. And if there is feedback, like you're like, well, nobody's really downloading it. Be aware of other people in your genre and what's going on and maybe tweak it or whatever. But the focus should not be on the downloads and the outcome. And it was not for us. And it was not like, well, no one's listening. Because guess what? For a lot of months at the beginning, 
there was 200 people listening and it was everybody that we actually knew. And you know what? Back then the counting mechanisms were a little bit off. So it was probably less than that. (laughs) You should at least feel good that the technology is to the point that that's probably pretty accurate. But we were like, Oh, 200 whole people. No, but most sometimes it double downloads and there's a whoopsie. But so my recommendation to any kind of art doesn't have to be a podcast, writing, painting, dancing, whatever you're doing. The practice is the thing to focus on and doing it right and doing it well and doing it joyfully and generously Mm -hmm. that you're creating, I feel like we create a thing for you all, that we create something that makes you happy or keeps you company and not something that we want a billion people to listen to. If that were the case, we probably wouldn't talk about getting fingered and shitting ourselves that much. But <laughs> we find, we um, find that's how we're going to get a billion how listeners, we get a million listeners. Thank you but we're, But much. if we do, it's because we told those stories generously and joyfully because we want to share and be vulnerable with everybody mm-hmm. and, and open. And so just... For whatever art anybody's doing, doing it for the right reason and focusing on the practice and not the outcome. Agreed. That's my advice, whether it's a ruling or not. Does that help, Tom? Absolutely. Right. Does you. one of you want to continue and one of you wants to stop? Is that the grievance no, amongst no, the two? No, right? Fight. Yeah, we're Are the we same. Are we the same? Yeah, we're the same. Yeah, we're no, the same. we both love it. Yeah. We okay. both enjoy it. We both have fun doing it. It just feels like a really cool science project that nobody's looking at. There you, <laughs> you go. Know what I'm right. but, don't, but as long as like you're having fun making the science, mm-hmm. which yeah. is how science works, should be. Right. We just right. make it. If it's um, not, hang up your lab coat. <laughs> then, then focus on that. You know, and then like, and don't let the download, don't even like check them, you know, like you should don't, put, don't worry about that. Put the period earlier in that sentence. It's a really fun science project, period. period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And let that be. And then like, eventually if you're like, you know what, this isn't as fun anymore, then that's when you should stop. Because right. like any improv troupe that I've been in, like I always now, like in the beginning, I'd be like, oh, this is such a chore. I don't, I'm not having fun. I don't want to do these We're shows. We're in an improv troupe but together. It's never with you. <laughs> no, um, and I know you felt like this too, but you feel like, um, like obligated. Uh, obligated to do it. And then once you quit, you're like such relief. And usually there's a long time before you quit. It's just like with jobs and stuff. Dating too. sometimes. Yeah. 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 Right. So once it gets to that point where it's like, a chore then stop because like Heather said the joy isn't going to come through but if you're having fun have fun and then you know record it and if maybe people start listening maybe they don't but like don't let that ruin the joy that it brings you the type of art that's made for fame is like uh the Seth Godin is a famous author about creativity and he's like when you're looking for a big audience, that's like Gilligan's Island. When you're looking for a good audience, that's like Mad Men. And so you're like, well, we're not super popular, but it may be that you're making something really good that's for a niche amount of people. So, Your Honor? Uh, my final ruling is keep doing it because you love it. And then if you don't love it, don't do it. And Boom. don't worry about the, um, the downloads or whatever you deem as success. Just do it because it makes you happy. And then if success comes from it, you're living the dream. Boom. Boom. Thank you. We're living with no chains. All right. Last one. What last one? Hello. Thank you for being so patient. Yes. What hi. is your name and pronouns? Abigail Sheehurst. Hi, Abigail. So this is something that happened a couple of years ago, and I still kind of think about it. It doesn't keep me up at night, but this might be the moment that I put this to rest. Oh. A couple of years ago, my boyfriend and I went to the movies. And this is like a super bougie movie theater in South Beach. And we were really excited about it. And it's one of those theaters where you buy, like, a specific seat. Like, a venue like this. You mm-hmm. have your assigned seat. Mm-hmm. So, like the Alamo, where we, what we have. Yes. Which, by the way, we've said if we ever go to Texas, we're going to the Alamo. You have, you have to. to. It's on our bucket list. And not the real one. 
<laughs> the real one's the fine. Real one's the real, real one's, one's fine. The movie theater <laughs> has also has a basement, so <laughs> it's even better. The real Alamo doesn't have truffle popcorn. That's true. It does, it does not. not. So um, we go in, and we notice this really adorable elderly couple, and we notice them because they're in our seats. Mm-hmm. So I assume this is just some type of confusion. So I, as nicely as I can, like, excuse me, but these are our seats. I believe you might be in our seats. And they kind of flip out. The old guy is like, this is bullshit. You can't go anywhere anymore. The wife is like, this is ridiculous. And they get up and just leave the theater. Like, well, they don't, that's good for you, They don't right? go to their seats. Bye. They don't try to go to, like, their seats or other seats. And the thing is, there are vacant seats. So I'm like, I kind of feel like we're on the right. Because mm-hmm. we, have, yes. we have our tickets with our numbers on them. Yeah. But I'm also like, did I, like, scare this old couple away? No, they immediately, could... I can tell you what happened. They are the type of people that are always pissed off and always looking for confrontation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, who just, they, stuff is bubbling under the surface. It has nothing to do with you. And it just so happened it came out at you. Also, you picked those seats because you wanted those seats. Yeah. If they wanted those seats, they should have got on the internet beforehand and bought them before you bought them. Right. Tough shit. That's how it works. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. And I, as a person who worked with older adults, I don't think that you did anything wrong. I mean, I think <laughs> it wasn't that you were like, well, we were going to sit anywhere, but we saw two old people. We kicked them out of the seat. You <laughs> saw two easy. miserable assholes who happened to be older, <laughs> and you acted yeah. accordingly. And I think you, were, you, didn't, you didn't target them before their age. <laughs> you just... We're doing what was right. What was and the I movie? Like yeah, what was the movie? I think it was It. It? it? Yeah. No, that's great. I was I shocked so. that this is what the movie was. <laughs> it was the last movie we I saw did not before expect the that. world shut down. What's it was, that? It was the last movie we saw before like, the world shut oh, down. Oh, yes. Same. It. Yeah, it was for me, too. Um, I was bad boys for life. But it was... <laughs> And I had never seen the other two bad boys, and I was like, what a fun show. <laughs> yeah, it was just, a, I mean, I guess we were in It, so it shouldn't have been that unexpected, but they just seemed really nice and sweet on the surface, and I was like, excuse me, so they pardon get me, you. and they were like, fuck you, and I was like, okay. You know who else seemed nice and sweet on the surface? So, when Pennywise embodied that old woman <laughs> and you want some tea? And didn't so, yeah. turn out too well. well so what is your official grievance? Were you in the wrong? in the wrong. And I, no, I kind of no. think they might have snuck in. Because if they bought tickets, they would have had numbers. Because that's what I thought. Like, if you have your ticket, I can show you where your seat is. And they were like, we're leaving. You can't go anywhere. Oh, no, you yeah. busted a couple of roustabouts you trying did. to sneak into the theater. I, you're I, saving I, the I, film I, industry. <laughs> People should buy a ticket to see a movie. You're saving uh, the arts. Uh, that's what you're doing. That's right. You're definitely not in the wrong. Not at all. Um, and they missed out because of their own anger that probably eats away at them every day. <laughs> Just like Pennywise ate away at his children. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not in the wrong. Um, did you enjoy the movie? Yeah, it was wonderful. They Good. missed out. It was horrifying, but yeah, you know, but that it should have been. You know, yeah. we would all I, been bummed if we were like, "Well, that was fun and lighthearted." Yeah, <laughs> like wasn't that? Pennywise so cute? <laughs> <laughs> what a nice guy! Yeah, definitely not in the wrong. Um, and uh, proud of you for not just being like, "Oh, well, there's other seats," because I'm a big believer in if you pay for something, Get you're it. entitled to that. Get what you want. Uh-huh. Yes. Thank Final you. ruling, you're not an asshole. That's not what you asked, but you're so <laughs> not an asshole. But you're also Thank not. You. I like t-shirts. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you all so much for coming Thank you. Thank you so much.
You've been an incredible audience. Thank you for sharing your grievances. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Atlanta Symphony Hall. They have been on point. We have the most swanky green room. We were like, is this where the show is? Because that's how nice it is. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, everyone's just going to huddle together. We're like, they can because it's really nice. It's really I'm fancy. sure nobody will be upset about it. Um, but thank you so much. We've had such a great time. If you are VIP, just stay seated. They're going to tell you what to do. If this is the end of your night, have a great one. And as always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Thank you, Atlanta. Thank you so much. We love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost, so if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating this show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those enrolling the airwaves and getting into a tier, a special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini-sode. In August, the mini-sode is the TikTok conspiracy surrounding Bebop and BB, and patron-exclusive video and audio content, including Am I the Asshole, Relationship Advice, Judge Christie, Dear Sinister, True Crime Headlines, and more. And patrons in the getting into it tier are able to vote on a bonus content segment each month that they would like to see live. Live streamed. This month's bonus live stream will be Wednesday, August 31st at 8 p.m. Central. You also have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We hop on occasionally, and we host monthly Q&As on Crowdcast, where you can ask us all your burning questions. This month's Q&A will be Tuesday, August 30th at 8 p.m. Central. For patrons not in the U.S., you have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available. Those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. And make sure you stick around after our sign-offs to hear your shout-out. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. And if you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag like t-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, visit Sinisterhood.com and click shop on the top banner. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. You can also share any episode by clicking the three dots in the top right corner and share topic-based playlists from Spotify by visiting Sinisterhood.com slash playlist. All of this means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. We also have TikTok and YouTube. Christy, where are you at on social media? I am on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and on TikTok and Twitter at Christy or GTFO. Heather? I'm on Twitter at MCK versus the world and I'm on TikTok and Instagram at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shoutouts. Erica Engel. Emily Strongen. Sarah Durney. Katie Evert. Kim Orzlak, Chrissy Johnson. Jordan Calderon. Megan Vinson. Simone Bradley. Kristen Marlene. Andrea. Mara McCann. Shiloh J. Tavares. Marissa Rocket. Inga Frostedetier. Lauren Cotter. Andrea Salazar. 
Lucy Frey, Mia, and Neil Davis. Thank you all so much for supporting the show on Patreon. We could not do this without you. We sincerely appreciate it. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy. <laughs> Sin is just-